Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. odd minutes, nearly 50 minutes actually, into this, and we have not even, well we could have talked about it as we made a brief ne- reference nearly to Nearly 50 it. minutes are you talking about football violence and drinking? Not just me, fuck you. You were going on about you, whatever you it was. thug. How dare you. How very dare you. Would a football thug be drinking passing food martinis? I think not. I think maybe, for English. <laughs> I am not. Did you call me English as well? Now you've oh, now called, you've gone too far. No, I called you a ponce. Same thing. Oh, oh, oh! If we've got any ling- English listeners, they're not going to be listening anymore. If you just called them ponces, sorry, English listeners, if there is any. I love how now you're thinking of English English people. Like you, you've been very anti-English in the past. Yeah, but I do it so sweetly. No, you fucking don't. <laughs> yes, I no, do. No, you fucking don't. Yes, I do. Yeah, don't. Anyway, I'm not trying to offend listeners, even though at one point or another, I don't know if it's still the case, but at one point it seemed like we had more English fans than Scottish fans at one point, which is very bizarre. Yeah, I mean, but, but I, fuck I, you, I, Scotland, for not backing your own people. Stop offending, so I'm trying to apologise to the English system. Now you're trying, now you're trying to drive away Scottish It wasn't bad enough that two or so weeks ago we were sitting here relentlessly slagging up people from Edinburgh. All right, all right, look, fuck everybody. Does Aye. that help? That makes everybody happy. Oh, fuck, a, fuck a lot of yous. We love yous on, we don't love yous we on. Love you depends on our mood. You know, we'll no, it no. depends on Scott's mood. He's hard to handle. Now we'll have no we'll have of it. We'll just be left to shouting into an empty void for eternity. Aye, that would be an ecumenical. Yes! Dude, <laughs> <laughs> this is almost a whole episode. It's fucking in. I'm already feeling shattered and we've not even gotten to in your house. Well, let's get to in your house, man. Right, let's get into it then, shall we? I mean, the, the amount of shite that fucking, fucking pay-per-view was. Oh yeah, it wasn't the best. I mean, I don't think it was as bad as Buried Alive. No, but it was a lot of kiki anyway. It, it was not a good... The December offerings from the WWF <sighs> slash E are very... Usually not the best. Let's I'll, just I'll, I'll say these mid-90s... Because this was mid-90s, I suppose. Of, yeah, yeah, roughly. Going into that period, you could describe it the late 90s. Uh, We're past the midpoint. Well, it, so that crossover point between mid and late 90s... Yeah, yeah. Way secondary pay-per-views in this era were not always the best no. quality. Uh-huh. I mean, the main event, I will grant you, usually the main event was all right. That's what you'd hope for because like that's what you go. Well, you got either alright or good. You never get anything fucking stellar. It's like you you judge a show more family. Most fans do a show on how the main ev- you felt with the main event because that's the last thing you left with. It's like a movie. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, you judge a movie by the how, how how the how a film ended. If it had a really anticlimactic ending, even if the first 
two thirds of the yeah. film are, are excellent, you're not going to remember that. Well, I will say right off the bat, right, and you can tell us about the statistics, blah, 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 in a moment, but I will say right off the bat, the ending mm-hmm. was definitely not anticlimactic. It set up a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and as I will always say, because I'm sure most people, if you're wrestling fans out there, you know who was in the main event of this match. Yeah. I will say, and I will stick by this to my fucking dying day, fucking... Sid, uh-huh. as champion, he was stellar. Mm. Sid, as cha- I loved, and that uh, particularly in that time period where you could probably count the amount of reputable champions on one hand. <laughs> Sid was up well. Uh-huh. Sid deserved his place as a two-time champ. I think he could quite easily have fucking either been a three-time or at least held one of them for a lot longer than he did, mm-hmm. because he was. Obviously, it was well over with the fans. Yeah, the fans loved him. Uh-huh. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe if he wasn't so hooked on softball, yeah, he would have been merely a champ. But he loved his softball too much. His softball. Some people still did, still held the Aaron Sensen against him. Yeah, he was a so, he was a stabby softball obsessive. And also, obviously, even though he'd. You make you could you could argue he didn't look like it. There were also rumors at points it's clear that he was on the the sauce as it were. Like in '92, part of the reason he, he left was he's saying like he was everyone was told you need to take a drug test, and like he, he was like, you know that he refused to take the test. It was a case of like I'll take it, but I don't want to take it right now. Can I t- wait a few weeks and take it? Basically, and saying like, oh, give me a few weeks, and I definitely I, won't, I definitely won't test positive. Basically, <laughs> kind of thing. So as much as I love said, he's one of those guys where it seems like a lot of. You know, for all the things that stopped him being on this at top like he is here, were kind of a lot of his own doings in a lot of ways, and it's unfortunate to say that. It is unfortunate to say that because Sid, I always, I always highly rated Sid. Like, see, whenever he was in ring, uh-huh. I loved watching him mm-hmm. because, like, you know, he had, he had, see, for a big guy, especially a big guy of that time period. Mm-hmm. He'd done a lot more than most of them did. Yeah. You know what I mean? His, his character work was good. His fan interaction was solid. He was very athletic for a big guy. Very athletic for a big guy. And you know what I mean? He knew how to be a champion. Well, that's the thing you about, know? about this thing. We, about when you look at the, the tagline, it's time. Obviously, Vader is supposed to be in this, but he's meant to be the WWF champion. Sid is just somehow managed to look his way into being the man who is in, his, in the spotlight. He is unfortunately a transitional champion. Both his reigns were pretty much you can be described as a transition champion. He was good in the role of the champion. The thing about that was, well, mm-hmm. I mean, you think you think right, you think of the term transitional champion. Uh-huh. Usually, you don't give two fucks about transitional champions. No. But Sid was a transitional champion, pushed like the man. Yeah, you know, like in his whole run. With the title. Mm-hmm. Well, it's two runs with the title, right? Yes. He beats Sean. Mm-hmm. He beats Brett twice. He beats Bulldog. He, mm-hmm. fucking, he beats top-tier guys. Because he was a top-tier guy, mm-hmm. I think. You know what I mean? He may have been, a, as you say, a transitional champion, but Sid, in that time period, was yeah. a top-tier guy. Yeah, I'm not saying using that phrase to kind of hold it against. I'm just saying that just when you look at the length-wise... Yeah, yeah, totally, he, totally. And, but, and plus, if, it, if things had gone his way and Sean had been a bit more... Easy to work with, Sid probably wouldn't have been in this, and it would have been Sid in that position. Well, actually, Sid, I've watched a couple of shooting interviews yeah. with Sid, and he said, uh, given the choice of working with Sean 
mm-hmm. and working with Brett, mm-hmm. he would pick Sean every yeah. time because he said that Sean went like for a big guy. Yeah, Sean made you look mm-hmm. really fucking good, whereas Brett only cared about Brett. That's how Sid seen it. Yeah, that's his view of it, and, and like looking at it, like obviously Vader was meant to to win. There was maybe some sort of big tag match. Uh, uh, main, no, um, yeah, main games between Jose and Sean V. Vader and Cornette. Yeah. Which then I assume Vader would have done the number one contender thing with, with Sid and maybe won it because once he'd, he'd Sean had basically thrown his fit prior to SummerSlam, they said, okay, well, hold up to Survivors. That didn't happen. Like, Sean's like, no, I am not working with, with him. Yeah. And so Sid's now in that position. And. They've already got a plan for Sid for WrestleMania 13. Like I think they knew in advance that one of the big matches they wanted to have was Vader, no, no, Vader, uh, Taker versus Sid. Yeah. It's kind of, like, kind of similar to how they had Taker v Diesel the previous year, like Taker versus a big guy. And thankfully, these two, compared to years prior when he was fighting fucking Bundy and Gonzalez, yeah. you, you Taker and Sid was a good match. Like, he had big guys in 12 and 13 that he could do stuff with. Yeah, 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 totally. But then, obviously... So the plan, I think, even here, and you can see some teases of it, is Brett, Sean, rematch for the title. And I think even seeing it here, I think Brett would have left WrestleMania 13 a heel no matter who he faced. Oh, totally, totally. Fact, That's where it was going. I think just the fact that Austin was getting so popular at the same time is why they did the whole double turn here. But honestly, I think if they tried to do the same finish with Brett and Sean, given how much fans were turning against Sean and he was becoming unbearable to some people... I think Brett's, it would have been more difficult to do some sort of double turn with Brett and Sean because I think Brett, and in Chicago as well, a very diehard yeah, yeah, crew, yeah. similar to New York, I think Brett, there's a chance Brett would have been cheered over Sean. I think so because Sean, Sean at that, especially at that point in his mm-hmm. career, was becoming problematic both on and off screen. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I I mean, I'm, I'm biased. I thought he was hot shit, you know, both <laughs> both. So did he? That just, was the problem. Oh, but I mean, when he came out for this pay per view, he was just gorgeous, man. <laughs> he was just, oh, he was sexy. <laughs> come out in his suit jacket with his perfect beard and his perfect hair and his perfect ass. <laughs> you know, he was just, he was just fantastic. Contain yourself, Paul. Contain yourself, man. Hey, I, I thought Triple H and he sat in this match too, in this pay per view as well. You know. This is not a review of us. This is a review. I know, but it's hard not to see it, especially if you're me. <laughs> <laughs> we clearly had different priorities when Let, we were making our preparation. Let's just say I wasn't looking at Sable. Nah. I wasn't looking at that skanky boot. <laughs> Idiot. Fucking sitting there. Vin, she, and this was directed at Vince every time she tapped beside the ring. Look at my tits. Jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. Look at my tits. Jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. <laughs> Don't look at Mark. <laughs> look at my tits. That was Sable. Yeah. Very and much. do you know, having listened to a few of Jim Cornette's podcasts, Jim Cornette has a very similar mindset to me. Oh, yeah. A lot of people didn't like fucking Sable. Nah, Sable's a bent. Nah, yeah. It's nearly the way to put it. She was a cow. Mm. Fucking scab. Yeah, she, she, you've drilled a lot of people the wrong way. People should have put their fist around when they are fucking chops. Sent her packing back home. Anyway. Settled in, man. Settled in. I'm, I'm going to go, man. I'm going to go. <laughs> My blood's up. My blood's up. My blood's up. <laughs> that would be an ecumenical. Yes. Bent. 
Anywho. Anywho, before we're... Paul, just, just stop it. I'm going to roll my cigarette. Yes, yes. Calm down, man. Calm it. Calm, calm. <laughs> I am perfectly calm. I am perfectly calm. What were we talking about before you started yelling about Sable? We are talking about Sid and well, Sean. Well, actually, I was talking about Hunter's arse. Right, before that, before Sean's arse and everything, I we're talking about. No, we were talking about we were talking about Sean and how Sean was like you like I said was kind of rubbing people the wrong way both on and off screen at the time. Yeah, but I I'm unsure. Um, like because in that time period, I'm not sure if people were starting not anywhere near as bad as I were thinking of Sean because a lot of the time. In that time period, a lot of people thought Sean was a fucking butthole. Mm-hmm. Well, it was somewhere between fucking unreasonable dickhead uh-huh. and a bit of an arse kisser, like a bit of a suck up to the boss. Mm-hmm. And I think also a lot of people were quite aggrieved by the way, you know, mm-hmm. like Vince and some yeah. of the higher ups turned a blind eye to Sean's. Mm-hmm. Basically, basically politicking yeah, is yeah. what Sean did. He was a politicker. But then... I think about it at that time period, right? And regardless of what company, because at the time it was WWF, WCW, it's hard to say, you know, I mean, a lot of the people in the higher levels, like main eventers, how many of them were only politicals? Yeah. You know, it, I mean, everybody say, like, everybody always points out that Sean had his issues, but what main event in that time period in the mid to late nineties didn't they have some agenda or weren't they politicking? Or if you weren't, even if you weren't politicking, there were people accusing you of politicking because me they were annoyed of like like DDP. DDP is maybe one of the nicest guys ever, but he's been he's been pals with Eric Bischoff for a long time since before Bischoff had the position and they live in the same street, and so you had people both in and out of wrestling going, oh DDP's only getting significant. Thing yeah. on TV because he's pally with Eric Bischoff and all that. That's that's a lot of the reason. I mean, I know I say like I'm biased towards Sean, but that's mm. a lot of the reason why I can't be, I can't be negative towards anybody that was seen as being a politicker back then because you know it was a done thing. It was the style of the time. <laughs> it was the style at the time. You you had your position. Yeah. You did everything you could, right or not. You did everything you could to keep your position. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the male traditionalists, like like Brett, for example, he was a yeah. he was a boring, pain in the ass traditionalist, and a bit of a wank biscuit at the same <laughs> time, you know. But he bitched about it. Vader, I think the worst thing I ever heard about Sean in that regard was how he treated Vader because yeah. he was, he was a simple soul to. Aye. And see when I heard that story, that like, he made Vader great. Aye. I was like, even I was like, you nasty prick. Mm-hmm. He's nice, what are you making him grateful? Yeah. Well, you're gorgeous, but you're a gorgeous <laughs> bastard. Yeah, but you're a prick. <laughs> Aye. Yeah, but, uh, I think the seeds for WrestleMania are what they wanted to do for WrestleMania 30 you know, as we get Aye, that, was the, that was the, what they had in mind. Yeah, which I still, it. all these years later, I still think, what the fuck would Austin have done? Had Brett done the match with Sean as they were meant to? What would Austin do at WrestleMania? There was no similarly obvious path for, well, for Steve Austin. You see, you're saying that, but if you remember rightly, when uh, Brett and Sid mm-hmm. had that cage match on Raw, when Brett finally did the whole, you know, did the mm-hmm. snap and the fucking bullshit mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. I th- remember, like, they might have went with, like, Brett winning the title in the match between him and Stone Cold be a title match. Maybe. You know, oh, like, that's what I'm thinking about. Like, if 
But if I'm saying if Sean hadn't been down, like, oh sorry, I need to go. And you go up the road. I've I've lost my smile. I lost, lost my last. smile. If, if Bright gets his match with Sean, take your fight, Sid. Who it's Austin v who else? Because like you can't leave Austin off the card. I know. Like Mania thirteen would have been very different and probably not for the best. Yeah. If if. Because when people think Mania 13, they, they instantly think that match with mm. Brett and, and Austin. Well, there you go. Sean being a dick ultimately made it memorable. Uh-huh. See, that's the thing. It's hard to be annoyed at Sean about when he was a good cunt, he helped. Mm. When he was a prick, he helped. And, like, what people don't realise about... Well, actually, I was going to talk more about the Sean well, losing a thrill thing, but I think the next in your gap when we talk about Final Four, that is that car is impacted a lot by Sean's. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll save yeah. it. I'll save it for them. Save it for there. You get a lot of stuff kind of seeds being planted. Some mm. of which go the direction they want to. Some go in I, I mean, vast directions. If, if you look at this pay per view in particular, even though a lot of people might see this as a nothing pay per view, but see if you look at it like the seeds being planted and things happening uh-huh. for future endeavor. That is a for that main event in particular, and for the, the storylines that are played out in this pay per view, yeah. it's really significant. I'm, it's a lot more significant than maybe people give credit for. I often wonder if you like. I've watched like bits of the week to week through. I watched YouTube see like we live we live in the war where you can see hints of like even up to a few weeks before final four the hints of Brett Sean WrestleMania right, mm-hmm. but then. All Didn't the they way. make up uh, uh, promo posters for that, like I'm sure they Brett like, and Sean? Even a couple of weeks before Sean drops a bit, there's a segment in the ring where there's a bit of a scuffle, Brett picks the belt up, goes to hand it to Sean, and then just drops it in front of you, and basically like, I'll see, I'll fucking be coming for that belt. Yeah, and yeah. But Austin and Brett are so, still mixed up because, you know, that feed's not really <laughs> finished anything, so I would wonder, like, Maybe, maybe Austin would have gone the car, I don't know who he would have faced, but I'm wondering if mm. maybe they were wanting to do a thing where... It could have even been a triple threat. Could have, they could have done, even then, that's not, that wasn't the, they had a few triple threats in was late it, Was that not the style at the time? They, they started doing triple threats in 97, got into it, but it took them oil to properly mm. know how to book those kind of things, but I'm wondering if like, maybe it would have been a case of, take uh, Austin has a match on the show, yeah. and maybe he challenges for the tail, because at one point, apparently, even before Sean backed out of WrestleMania, Vince already got the idea and he said to take the belt away from Sean and make Sid take her for the belt and show and Brett be like a personal feud so and would it, eventually get the belt back into so the So Sid could have technically been a three-time champion? No, this would, this would have been how Sid won it for the second time. Oh, right, right, I get you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he already had the idea and then I think Brett was a bit perturbed by the idea. A bit hesitant of, on it. But doing the idea of like, what was it for? And then like Vince tried to suggest like, oh, well, why don't we do a thing where like, if, you, if Sean loses, you get to cut Sean's hair and everything. Like, why the fuck would I get, why, like, why would I give a fuck about Sean's hair? Well, why'd you pull it out then, you cunt? Oh, that was later. Mm. When but had an actual thing. I don't know if it was later, because I will, I will give you my opinion on the, the ending of mm. the main event. Oh, yeah. I will give you my opinion on it, because that, that, that didn't look <laughs> like staged punches. Oh, no. I'll tell you that much. That didn't look... That looked legit. I'll give you a foreshadowing of an actual fight the two had in July 97, and all reports I've heard is that Sean took a fucking kicking in that fight. Oh, I think so. Sean was a great wrestler, but from what I hear, he could not take a kicking. No, oh, no. Like, there was a story that Jim, that Jim Cornette told it, uh, in a shoot, talking about, like, apparently Jerry Lawler was in the stall, he and the two argued before the fight probably started, and then had to go and tell somebody, he goes, he got out of the stall, I don't know if he watched his ass, history has not told us whether or not, history has not foretold if Jerry Lawler wiped his ass or not. <laughs> 
<laughs> but no, it was legit. I think by that point, by the point of this pay per view, it was definitely legit. Legit, uh, bad feeling between yeah. Sean and Brett by this point. Interesting thing about Brett. This is the first time we've talked about Brett since when we talked about him. I mean, in terms of this timeline, we talked about about him in like Rumble '93. We did a few weeks ago, but in this yeah. timeline, last time we talked about Brett was WrestleMania 12. He's went away. In the interim, by the way, between this and the last few years, also with Survivor Series 96, we reviewed that a couple of years ago. We Go did. Listen to that if you haven't heard already. We did. You'll find out what happened in between. So he's come back. <laughs> his first proper match uh, is against, against Austin. And the, yeah. Austin had been calling him out. He came out. Brett had done some like European and South African dates in between Mania and this. And he came back, but he was focusing on, on spending time at home and then going off to shoot Lonesome Dove. I really need to look that up on YouTube. I want to see what I want to see how shite he's acting us. Oh, he he, he fails miserably to hide his Canadian accent. Like, really I'm sorry about that. I'm a cowboy, eh? <laughs> I'm gonna get my six shooter, eh? <laughs> Ooh, really sorry. I, I seem to have shot your friend there, eh? <laughs> you sounded like Stu Hartless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stretch him, eh? Get your six year, eh? <laughs> Take you down in the dungeon, eh? Stretch him. Stretch him. Something wrong with you, eh? <laughs> hey, what's the storyline with Bulldog and Diana? They're making it look like uh, some kind of whore. <laughs> Legit story, Jim Cornette told of a, of a phone call from Stu Hart, which he thought was a rib of Owen phoning him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but... Owen was famous for ribbing. Yeah. The, uh, the uh, best story I ever heard about <laughs> Owen ribbing somebody <laughs> was when he ribbed Ahmed Johnston. Mm. That was the funniest one ever heard. He went and phoned up and acted like he was some promoter or some shit. Like, oh, we're going to take big 40s a year. We're doing a big event. And Ahmed got all fucking dressed up to the nines and shit. And then he got out to wait for the the limo that was picking him up. And he got out there and eventually Owen fell out of the shadows rolling, (laughs) pissed himself up. He went, oh, you dick, you fell for it. (laughs) The best thing about that, when Jim Cornette tells that story about the phone call, thinking it was either... Bruce Pritchard or Owen or somebody because yeah. he started to think Bruce Pritchard isn't it? thinking that all the penny will eventually drop the ad and everything was like, I don't even know exactly what Stu Hart said when he called Vin but uh, by the next week then I want to hurt no more <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's coming back and even when he came back he already started hinting that he was going to go back after Sean because he's like oh, you know I'm back here I think what in my absence the WS been missing a real role model around here you know I think, you know, we need somebody who will stick up for our values and doesn't pose for girly magazines. Well, maybe we want to see you posing for them, you ugly Canadian prick. <laughs> I do love Sorry, those. Canada. Are you just offending all the countries today? We are being inclusive. Do you want to just get a map out and it's like, I and you and Bosnia, you can fuck off. Scott. I don't know why Bosnia keep my Scott, Scott, we are being inclusive. We are spreading the negativity and hatred. Oh, when we tell everybody to fuck off, it's okay. Then why they picking one? Everybody, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. And I don't mean that seriously. Please listen to us. We really do like you. We're just kind of drinking and. No, drunk. they've all gone. The last message. The first person's gone out. They've turned the light off as they went. We're just shouting into the void at this point. Don't leave us, eh? <laughs> don't start that picking <laughs> in. Anywho. Anywho. What was I saying? Aye. But then, <laughs> the, the segment in 97 where Sean says, when he mentions things up, Sean goes, and how did you know I was in that girly magazine? You just couldn't help yourself, could you? You just had to stick to the page. So, Brett just had to look. There was actually, supposedly, legit fears that while Brett was out, I think his contract kind of came up while he was away and they were you know, a bit slow in the negotiations and 
That <laughs> when Vince offered him that twenty-year contract, mm-hmm. and immediately got buyer's remorse. Mm. He got one year out of the twenty years that he he offered originally. Uh, oh fuck! I bought him back. Uh, oh god, no! <laughs> Sean, I fancy. I don't want him. He was just desperate to get him back. Like, and even so, like Brett had a conversation with uh, with Eric Bischoff. They met in a hotel, in a, an airport while they were waiting for their plane. They were both apparently he's he. And which always claimed that, oh, I just said this guy out there, I didn't really have much of an interest in bringing him in. And he claims that the stories that come out of it, he said, like, I think a lot of people are confusing the 96 conversation with the 1997 conversation that we had when he actually came in. Mm. And he said, oh, I, I just threw a number, like, oh, what would it take to get you to WCW? And supposedly Brett threw a number out almost as high as Hogan, because he said, like, I just wanted to see what you'd say if I threw this number out. Mm. But it was legit feel like there were even people out there in the world of wrestling reporting and some people out there even speaking, like, is Brett going to be the one that shows up at, uh, at Bash of the Beach to be the third man? Yeah, yeah. nobody knew what was going on God, there. God, that would have been terrible. It would, it would be interesting to show because he could have still be called Brett Hart because that's his actual name, just couldn't call him Hitman no, anymore. No, I just think it would have been terrible because I think if you were going to do NWO, you couldn't have done it with anybody but the three that done it. Yeah, as much as, you, as, much as we don't like Hogan, like you got to admit he was, he was the right guy. Or, yeah. he? <laughs> and Brett, coming from being a heel in yeah. the WWF to... Oh, being a heel mm-hmm. in WC, no one would have cared. No. Because by that point, and I don't mean this in any negativity towards Brett, it's just how I see it. I don't really think by that point anybody really cared about Brett's character. Uh-huh. You, know, like, you know, he's in yeah. ring. I don't really think anybody really bothered so much. I think Brett, like, he's been okay as a heel. Like, he gets, when the next thing you get to the anti American thing where he can basically, he, he can basically shit on the fans that. That have shit on him in the past, so I think he felt mm. okay about doing that. But I think as this kind of feel, he probably wouldn't be going because when he, Brett's one of those wrestlers, if you if he's not comfortable with something, but he's going to do it anyway, you can tell in the, his face and his he, promos, he's not comfortable. Like when mm. he turned teal and with a kind of a affiliated with the New World Order, when he did the, he was the leader of NWO two thousand. You could tell like the light is gone in his eyes. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I think I think Brett. I mean, especially like with the really like shitty personal shit that happened mm-hmm. with his family, like his brother passing, and you know, like um, eventually, like like Davy being mm-hmm. where Davy was at the time, because I think when he came back, he only got uh, another year, didn't he? Like Bulldog, I think he was ninety ninety, like two thousand or something. Yeah, yeah. So he only got a year out of his contract. He was in a bad way at the time. Owen had unfortunately passed. Mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of Brett's passion had kind of mm-hmm. dwindled by that point, so it was obvious by that point that like, he was, like you say, he was kind of yeah. going through emotions, you know? I mean, I, I always say a lot, I'm always quite negative about Brett, but I definitely, like, on a... Like, being mm-hmm. straight up about it, I feel terrible for the way he's... Yeah. way everything went from because it reminds me a lot, like, the whole Hart family mm-hmm. thing. Reminds me a lot of the whole Von Eric thing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the Heart Foundation and its original form and its late 90s form, who's the only one left? Uh-huh. You know? He's got, a re- he's got a reason to be a bit bitter and a bit mm-hmm. a bit cold on things, mm-hmm. especially at that point, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't always... I didn't always agree with Brett, I didn't always like Brett, but I definitely felt like he was... There's a reason for being upset, you know, and being a bit distant on things. So, like, when Brett comes back, he's first probably saying, when I get to interview in the ring, I'm, I'm going to say JR, Doc Hendricks is interviewing him, and, like, 
officially or Kevin Kelly. Yeah, one of them, whoever it was. But somebody in the ring is interviewing him. He officially makes the anthem. He makes it clear that you know I got some uh, some other offers, some other organizations. You know we got some good guys down there, but I'm staying with the World Wrestling Federation. And Vince, as if he doesn't fucking know, as if they tried to. Some people try to spin. Oh, Vince didn't know till Bert got in the ring. Like what a fucking pissy. Yeah. Vince knew, but Vince, yeah. as I call as the baby face, you know, voice of the day, I went, oh. Thank God, you know, we couldn't afford to lose Brett the Hitman Hart. Like, I'm staying for another year. Aye. That was it, in the mic. I'm staying. In the mic away for it's, another year. Until I get fucked or um, get mm. told my contract's not worth the fucking paper it's wrote on. Very much so. Anyway, that, that was it, wasn't it? Like, the contract basically was not worth the fucking paper it was written on. It is weirdly. It's kind of coincidental because, like, like, I. Like six or so months, six eight months before they're about to enter the most profitable period, they say, "Oh, Brett, you know we we can't afford to keep you on this contract mm. for this amount of time." He goes, up, "A lot of people do it like, yeah, to that money's gonna pay Brett. Like, come here, Mike Tyson, here I have all this money oh, here at totally. WrestleMania." And then they they do. It's like that, you know that thing. It's like the budget cuts thing today. Like in WWE, like know the thing from Mister Burnley. Like, I'd love to help you out here, but I'm stretched for cash as is. The, the ceiling opens yeah. all this gold, everything seals like. As you can see, this place is falling apart. You could make a really good meme of that and put Vince in that position. That's pretty much him then and now. Yeah. More so now. Oh, and before we get properly into it, can I just say, like, because I've seen it on Facebook and yeah. shit, congrats to my for- my favourite former WWE man <laughs> on his engagement, Wyndham Rotunda. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, congrats to Wyndham on his engagement to Jojo. Oh, yeah. You know? Very yeah. awesome. I went and read her tweet mm-hmm. on Facebook that she posted it and she was like, feels like we're married anyway, but uh, awesome. I, I, thought, I thought they were somewhat engaged. I think he was married before then. He, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm exceptionally happy for both of them. Yeah, good for them. Good. Solid for them. And I heard, you know, Bo's going to be back in the ring soon. Mm-hmm. Partly Bray is asking for quite a hefty sum to be back in the ring. Mm-hmm. But I did hear like, when he was at his highest point in the dub, he was on about four mil. Right. Three or four, so I mean, he's he's de- he's definitely asking for money that he's worth. He's like, even when he was bit that he's worth, like, or when they weren't taking the fiend seriously, like, he was a, a great merchandiser. Oh, yeah, he for was them. A, a merch fucking seller. So, I think if you if someone's producing that much merchandise when you were at various points in the in the company's history, that's where you make a lot of your money from, yeah. then you should compensate him. For oh, that, I must say, considering what he's asking for, <laughs> I don't think we're going to see him in impact. Oh, potentially, but no. Oh, potentially, but I, d- I think Impact's full roster might mm-hmm. cost that much, so I don't think we're going to see him, Elon unfortunately. Musk, Elon Musk could pay him what he wants, but I don't think anyone else, anyone else in wrestling could pay him what God, can you imagine if Elon Musk does a Ted Turner and buys mm-hmm. Impact? Jesus. That would be solid. <laughs> that would put the shiters right up, Vince, because he's basically got pocket lint compared to Elon Musk. Yeah. You can you can do that meme of the Simpsons with Elon Musk like oh I'm pretty much scared for cash you know I just I spent my last hundred million on uh, my last few billion on buying Twitter as you can see this place is falling apart I'm not upset that he done that well he made a lot of idiots cry <laughs> and I laughed and laughed and then I looked at some more on YouTube and then I laughed a little bit more okay <laughs> yeah I like Elon Musk he's doing good things for the world. I don't know enough about him. I just know some people are weirded out by him. Some people do like him. Some people call him real life Iron Man. Some people call him real life Lex Luthor almost. He's insane. He looks like a cross between a robot and a puppet and he's rich as fuck. 
I'm not entirely convinced he isn't a robot, to be honest with you. That would be stellar if he was a robot. That would be super cool if he was some fucking... It would, look like the, it would be like the start of a post-apocalyptic movie if he was a real dude. That would be awesome if he was some sentient robot. That'd be cool. How the fuck did we get here? We don't even properly got into In Your House yet. I don't know, right? Anyway, we're getting into In Your House. You're going to tell us the buy rate and the, and the thing. The thing and the thing. Yeah, the thing and the thing. Tell us the thing and the thing. I'll tell you the fucking oh thing and the God, thing. Oh, God, I have no bourbon left. <gasps> See, that's how long you took to get this episode going. See, you drank all of your goddamn bourbon. There's only two halves in the bottle. Well, why did you drink both of them before the, the proper episode has gotten into it? Because I'm a borderline alcoholic. Well, whose fault is that? Society's fault. <laughs> Society's so awful, I have to be one. No, you do not blame society or people on TV. You don't learn from South Park, you blame Canada. Yeah, fucking no, because we have listeners in Canada. I'm not blame bl- Canada. I'll blame Bret Hart. Canada. He's I'm, a Canadian. Yeah, but he's a cunt. I'm sorry, Canada. I just went up for saw an opportunity to make a oh. Canada trip. That's mine. Yeah, I was seeing if it was empty. Do you, I got another monster in here. Do you want it or not? Yes, I do. Careful, it doesn't fizz. Uh, there we go. I wonder. You think I can throw this in that bag? That bag is far too full. You're not going to make it from here. It's, it's gonna bounce going. off. It's gonna go everywhere. It's gonna bounce off, but just fucking throw it. Yeah. See, you told you that wouldn't work. I got close though. Hey, cool! Look, my nails match the monster sign. Yes, because you're a fucking monster at times. <laughs> yes, I am. Anyway, in your fucking house. I will. Ah, you Anyway. <laughs> Jesus, we've been here for far too long. Yeah, we have. But come on, in your house, what's the buy rate? It was, it was, the show took place December 15th, 1996, in the West Palm Beach Auditorium in West Palm Beach, Florida. 5,708 people were in attendance, and the venue can hold roughly around 6,000 people. Still looked, didn't still didn't look particularly full. Not the best-looking venue that they've, they've taken. They've got very almost glamorous venues for these shows because they're not really no. confident they can really sell them out. Uh the show I should, by the way, mention is now called the West Palm Beach Christian Convention Center, by the way. Uh, by the West Palm Beach what? It's now called the West Palm Beach Christian Convention Center. Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, buy rate is around 90,000 buys. It's the exact same number of buys International Incident had. There, I don't think there, are a few, there are a few pay-per-views that have had the same buy rate, but very wildly in quality as those two shows. Because in your house, International Incident, one of the best ones we've talked about so far in this series. This one, on the lower end, I think. There are ones that are definitely worse than this. Yeah. But there, this one is not the best. The tagline of this show, Sharpshooter versus Powerbomb. <laughs> to tie into, obviously, Brevi Sid. We had a free-for-all match. We had Rocky Maivia taking on Salvatore Sincere. Rocky won by DQ in about six months. Yeah, that... That match is not on your network version, but it's on my video version. Oh, oh dear, I feel like I've missed out on so much for not getting to see that match. Well, The, the Rock won with a head scissors. Yeah, his, his, his repertoire was very standard. Like, he won all... Like, when Cena used to win matches with roll-ups back in the day. And Rock won with a shoulder-breaker back at Survivor Series. So he's, he's, not the mo- he's not exactly electrifying as he would go on to be. 
So yeah, I don't feel like I missed out on not seeing that free for all match. I rarely do, if I'm honest. No, when I look up what I, it was, I don't think. Uh, what was? Uh, give me a brief, like, and I mean a very brief backstory on Salvatore Sincere because I know I'm pretty sure that they were wanting to push him as something, but then they realised very quickly it wasn't very much and didn't. I can't really tell you much about Salvatore Sincere. I think he was, uh, like. He was one of those guys who like, oh, he was a decent wrestler, but like in the new gen, he came in, he got a basically a random gimmick. Yeah. New, very new gen of its era. Oh Tom, yes. I, I just looked down here. Tom Brandy, I believe it was his name. I believe I've heard that he was. Yeah. Seems to be a guy who's like popped up. every was talking like Ed Rose in different territories. He appeared in early nineties WCW. Appeared in uh, ECW. Was he, was he just a little higher up in the interest than maybe that that Rick Bogner was? Maybe. Yeah, don't know a lot about Rick Bogner. Well, I know he did some stuff in like Japan and and so often. Yeah, but uh, we have the opener. It's basically a weird vibe going from like whenever it's on Brett's all black and pink, and then like she was said it's black and white and everything. Yeah, Brett talking about how important it is for him to become WWE champion, and Sid shouting things about being the master. Do you know I used to love that about Sid when he did that? Like, see when he cut a promo, you could understand, <laughs> and he'd be like, "I am a master." And he would always do and, like old dirty teeth things. Sid had his promo later on, it cut all the big close up of him as off his promos are, and I just looked down my watch and whenever his mouth was open, I'm like, my god, you've got massive teeth, haven't you? He did have massive you teeth. You could bite your fucking nose off of those teeth. He could. You look out, Arn Anderson. You <laughs> <laughs> don't need no knife to fuck you up. Anyway, then we go into the show of... I've heard that like certain cable outlets that were providing the pay-per-view and everything were uh, having some issues, and Vince addressed them like, oh, we're, no, I believe we're having some satellite issues, I'll, please, please stay tuned. I was going to mention that as a factor throughout the pay-per-view. I yeah. noticed some uh, visual and audio issues. I, I, I even put in here, like, you can notice it very early on, like, never an issue with a commentary, like, like when GR said it was fucking up back at, uh, at Buried Alive, I put here, sound quality on this show is piss poor. <laughs> Like you can barely, you can barely hear the music start, and Howard Finkel's microphone was going in and out. Like this quality was shit. The thing is, though, and I don't know how how accurate my statement is here. I believe mm-hmm. the quality on my videotape uh-huh. for certain sections of the audio, anyway, is actually better than it is on your network. You know, like I'll give you a prime example. I know we're not anywhere near it yet as we go through, but. You know the point when it's getting ready for the, the main event? Mm-hmm. And Brett's cutting this promo and he bitches about Sean's music coming on before yeah. he's finished. That whole bit seemed really low in quality with the audio mm-hmm. on the network, but on the videotape, is it really clear? Yeah. Oh, there you go. But like, there yeah. are points where like, you can't hear people's music, like, or, mm, kick in it or can't hear it very well. Or... Yeah, very muffled at times. Mm. And like, the crowd, you can't hear very well. I don't know if that's to do with the quality of the sound. No, you can't, that's you can't, you can't to do with the, the quality of the pay-per-view. Yeah, I was going to say, is it, <laughs> is it that, or is it just the crowd can't be picked up? Will you uh, enlighten me here? Was this not long after uh, Hunter had refound favour, as it were, with with, yeah. with, with the boss man? Yeah, because like the night after Buried Alive is where they have the trick where it's going to be Hunter versus Mr. Hurry. Oh, dear. Hunter has has assaulted me. I can't wait to like 
Mark Mark, I'll fight him and finally, but only if you put the belt on the line yeah, and, 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 and then Swerve Perfect smacks him with the chair and then gets smacked up himself. But then by survival, he's perfect, has gone. It was a whole thing of like, he had to be paid out of his Lloyds of London policy if he could wrestle again, but Vince looked at how much it would take to buy him out. Like, I can't afford to pay that for Mr. Perfect right now at this stage of his career. Yeah. So Perfect would go away, he would get back in the ring in the summer of 97 where he returned. Uh, that when he did his whole WCW West Texas Rednecks. Well, that was sure. like nine, nine. But he came back. He was a partner of uh, of DDP again in his war against the NWO. Then he would tease. He's joined the Four Horsemen, taking Iron Man's place, and then a big war game match in September. Like, nope, Swerve. He's in the NWO now. Yeah, yeah. I think he would get a US title reign out of that time. The was NWO that right, was well. that around about the time period when it was like who isn't in the NWO? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Everyone, every fucking. Was that around about? Like, was that the same time period as the Wolfpack? Like the two NWO? No, that was ninety eight. Really, like you got most high profile thing. I think is part of NWO, where obviously he was US champion. I think at Starcade he gets his. Uh, he drops the US belt to his DDP because obviously yeah. that's the guy he turned on originally, and then. Uh, when Who Gold- did he win it from? Was it Duggan? No, no, no. That would be. So no, Duggan won it. No, that would be ninety four. That happened. Duggan ah. actually dropped it to Vader. Really, Duggan dropped it to Vader, and won it from Steve Austin. That's how low down WCW Steve Austin was. Stunning Steve, like stunning Steve with his fade, slowly receding blonde hair. <laughs> yeah, I think as you know, with most hair, when he done that. You know when he done that promo for ECW? Yeah. But I don't think he ever wrestled in ECW, did he? He had a couple of matches. Like, you can count on one hand, he met a match. Oh, like three got or qu- four. He got quickly snapped up. Because when he first got there, he was still recovering from an injury. So yeah, yeah. these lamb cut promos. But I'm trying to think what the fuck I was even talking about. What were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about... Uh, what the fuck were we talking about? Because I had a point to do with what we were talking about. Ah, shit. Well, I was, I perfect, thought, perfect. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah. He... And also, when uh, like he dropped when Goldberg beats uh, Hogan like mm-hmm. a week before a preview, where Hogan's already met me a tie match. Uh, I think Perfect's already met a schedule to fight Goldberg. So at that then pay per view, Henning's one of the first challengers for Goldberg for the title. So he got a pay per view title match for the world title against Goldberg. Didn't last very long. Goldberg, I didn't last very long. Obviously, as Goldberg meant, he didn't get squatted. I don't think, but yeah. it was kept relatively short. Was this hide. the time period when we were still pushing Goldberg like a beast? Yeah, this was like the latter half of his uh, undefeated run. Yeah, like where he started to have slightly longer matches with guys who could help him, like Perfect DDP. DDP's match at Halloween Havoc is said to be one of his best matches. Do you do you mean after he had his match with Stephen Regal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. when Stephen Regal made him look like a dickhead. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because I think as as I heard, like uh, William, well, William Regal, his real name's Stephen, right? No, his real name's Darren. Oh, his real name's Darren. Aye, Darren Matthews. Darren Matthews. Aye. Well, when William Regal or yeah. Stephen Regal or Lord Stephen Regal, the only, team, only reason he got the name Regal is because he was playing this high lord character, and another word for royalty is, is Regal. Yeah, you know, so wasn't, he just, wasn't he in a, wasn't he in a brief uh, tag team or some sort of tag team? With Jean Paul Levesque. Yes, they were the uh, the Blue Bloods. The Blue Bloods. And then, then when oh, Triple H left. Oh my god, what a fucking jump Vince made. Oh, he's like Connecticut Blue Blood. Then mm. uh, he would get replaced, and that group, when, when, he let, when Triple H left, he would replace him. He would convert, you know, the country boy Bobby Eaton to Sir Robert Eaton. Sir Robert Eaton. Which is quite fitting because also Eaton is a well well known born to where a lot of a lot of Tories go to. Yes, Eaton. Mm-hmm. Eaton College. Yes. 
Why are we talking about this? Can we go back to the... Yes, we can. Anyway, so Perfect's gone. Triple H is the IC champion. He'll defend the title later on in the sh- yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the opening match, though, is a man who made his debut official, I think, uh, Survivor Series, Flash Funk, taking on Leaf Cassidy. Uh, I've got to say, bar Flash Funk's entrance, I was very, very negatory on this match. He was, early, he was late 90s. Brutus Clay with his little dancers. Yeah, out. I've got to say, well, I watched the match. The match was, I mean, the match quality yeah. was really poor, huh? I think. I Do mean, it seemed like a lot of it seemed so stunted. And then you get that spot during the match when Flash Funk fucked up trying to do a corner move. I think it was, I think, oh yeah, there was very notable, but I think the, unlike a spot later on that they bought, he just keeps going, whereas yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a spot in the said rare match where they clearly fucked up. And you can see it being more obvious by the fact that he immediately redo the spot. Yeah. Whereas Flash just keeps going. Didn't, I think, honestly, though, uh, Flash fucked up the finish. Yeah. I think, anyway. He, yeah, his knees He Billy Kidman, that student star press. No, it was a four, right? Yeah, but uh, it's only when they flash it back from a different angle you can see the knees go the right knees on, ran on, light Leaf. on Leaf's arm. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Because he, he overextended himself mm-hmm. as such and landed a wee bit too yeah. far on and knees right on Leaf Cassidy's arm. Yeah, two for, two future members of the, the job squad here and now yeah. going too good. Would that, would that have been when he was too cold Scorpio? Yeah, yeah. He was, and he, went, he was formerly too cold when he came in. He had a, I think he was made a big deal I think, from some early internet fans because he did a run in, in Japan and WCW, he was a one-time WCW tag champ with the future Buff Bagwell then called Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Marcus Alexander Bagwell. He had a brief run in ECW where he was an ECW TV champion four times yeah. and uh, one time tag champ. He, he has this brief run until like 98. I don't know why, he, despite the fact like he, he had this whole high flying thing, like he looked quite impressive in sunspots here and like yeah, for, yeah. His, for the, his time period, he was seen as like an innovator of his time. Mm-hmm. I don't know why when the light heavyweight belt came in, he wasn't made more of a thing in that I don't, division. I, I must say, just on general look of Flash Funk, the character yeah. of Flash Funk, what the fuck was the deal with the fucking disco hooker boots? I don't know. I'd like he's not. I looked him like surely he's not going to wear those. But those two bits are too high for him. Yeah. So maybe if he um, if he'd wore proper bits, he wouldn't have fucked up that spot. Maybe, but no. It was. I do apologise. That was my my phone giving me an eBay notification. Thought there was a fucking spaceship nearby. Jesus. No, no, that was my phone giving me an eBay notification. But um. I mean, I always liked Flash mm-hmm. Funk, and obviously I always liked Al Snow, you know, but, well, Leaf Cassidy. And the one thing I've always missed is there was, they keep uh, emphasising the fact that this is Leaf Cassidy breaking out on his own. Yeah. I, I've never seen, like, even if we're, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, was there any televised breakup of the New Rockers? No, that I know. Or was it just a case that one minute was the New Rockers, the next minute Marty's gone? Yeah, pretty much. They're gone. Like my brother interviewed us no, a couple of years ago. One of the worst. He insisted on doing it while he was driving to the same quarry. He's abysmal. <laughs> yeah, so that, yeah. That's on him. Prick. Wow. He, he came across as a bit of a prick. Ah, well. But anyway, but in the interview he did say that like part of the reason it failed is because, well... Marty was into. He didn't like the idea of like basically just trying to redo something he'd already done with with Sean. Like that's fair. And there's a couple of spots where like I was surprised by how high flying that Lee Fed like he does the spot today. Say like I know his Al Snow he could occasionally bust out a insult, but yeah. you know he seemed like more grounded wrestler. He wasn't one for for the high spots. I think that's part of the reason why because that's that was the Rockers appeal. Like high flying, exciting, but Leaf was all 
could do that, but he wasn't. That wasn't his main reference. His comfort was ground. Yeah, but he wasn't his main reference. Whereas Marty could still could do those spots. Oh yeah, yeah, he totally uh, could. So he, I don't think he, the dynamic was never going to be the same as it was with Sean. I mean, Marty was always. I mean, Marty's personal life aside, he was always a good wrestler. I mean, even when he came back for that brief time, and was it oh six? When yeah, oh five or something. Oh five or six, something like that. But even when he came back for that brief run and had that match against La Resistance, he still looked reasonably solid. You know what I mean? He looked good. See, I heard a thing about Scorpio about having a career resurgence when he left WWE and he leaves in like 98, 99 and he, went, he goes over to pro wrestling Norway as a bit of a resurgence in you know, wrestling Japan. Yeah. He looked up here. Uh, the pro wrestling briefly had a hardcore belt which he won once and he won the GHC tag team titles twice. Once with Doug Williams and once with Vader. Yeah, he also won a, a tag team title tournament with Vader. So, what was that brief tag team in hell? Was it him and Farouk? What were briefly tagged a tag team, or was it him and Terry Funk? I don't even remember. I'm sure. I'm. I swear to you, I've got a pay per view where I got him and him and Farouk, <laughs> or him and Terry Funk are on a team. Oh, that's it here. You know, he's actually still wrestling occasionally today. Big, uh, big Flash Funk. What is he now? Uh, 50s, 60s? I don't know, double check. Here, I've got him here, he was... He's 56 years old. 56, what, what's his name? Uh, his real name is Charles Bernard Skaggs. Charles Skaggs. <laughs> yeah, he, he, I think he even recently, in the last few months, wrestled Jonathan Gresham in a Ring of Honor match. And, Jonathan Gresham? Aye. Good God. Aye, and apparently there was a show, GCW used to do a show called Fuller Culture, which is primarily built of, of African-American wrestling. Like, the most recent one had Tasha Seal defending her knockouts title on it. Yeah. There was one like two or three years ago where Tuco Scorpio wrestled in the main event against Rich Swan. It just seemed like a thing in these early in your houses though. That at least the opener or at least one of the early matches like showcasing a lot of the time and a new guy like you had Flash Funk here, the past you had Goldust, Kushi, I'll I'll grant Wayland you right. Mercy. I'll grant you as like like you say lay out the matches did used to like to showcase new talent. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe the way the match panned out that it showcased Island Man that well. I mean it was it was not a terrible match. Mm-hmm. I I won't say it was a terrible match, but it was just it seemed a little you know, it seemed a little slow on the mo- on the <laughs> We didn't seem in tune, you know? I love that Vince tried to dance with the, the Rockettes or Funkettes or oh whatever he called God, that nearly made me vomit. Uh, watching Vince getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. He goes, come on, get down. Uh, he says, like, and Vince, did, I'm pretty did sure you G- see the look on JR's face? I think JR referred to him as like, well, the whitest man in America or something. Uh, like. JR just looked like he was going to vomit. He was like, for fuck's sake, he's dancing now. I should mention, like, heel JR is still a thing. Like, well, I, I know, I know. It's, well, it's mainly on display in one match, which we'll talk about. But yeah. the rest of the time, it's just him taking shots at Vince, which are usually quite funny. And I think by the Rumble time, or at least by Final Four, heel JR is thankfully just Yeah, it just, ca- just kind of quietly died out, didn't it? It didn't really have any kind of proper culmination. Because like, we see some like, AAA guys pop up during the tag title match. And, like, uh, Cybernetical and... The other one. The other one. The other one, I didn't know his name. But... No Mascaris. No, it wasn't Mascaris. No Mascaris? No. Falano something, maybe, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh, I think after the Rumble... Uh, Glenn Jagers and Rick Bonner spent a lot of 97 down in AAA because Glenn Jagers talks about uh, wrestling in AAA like, since they were on the drive back from AAA when he got the phone call about the cane gimmick you know I've seen a, a picture of teenage Glenn Jacobs uh-huh. and 
I don't want to be cruel because I don't want him to crush my head because he's a very large mayoral man now. But he 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 was not very picturesque. Let's just say no, he, he he won't he won't try because he'll just give you a lecture about why masks are bad. Apparently, according he, to him, he grew into his looks. Let's just say it was it was it was not a very handsome youth. No. He, he was a very gangly looking Napoleon Dynamite type character. <laughs> you know, I mean, he wasn't exactly the handsomest adult either. But you know, that's not what his appeal was. Well, he grew into his looks. I didn't say his looks were good. No. <laughs> He's a, I'm sorry, did I did I secondhand weed you? Right in the eye. I'm sorry, man. Your eyeball's gonna be high as fuck now. You'll be all like And there's the conversation about the way the fucking and it's time's gonna go. Uh. You know, that that is the production meeting. Hmm? Hmm. Hmm. Main event. Okay. Anyway. So yeah, there were a few missteps in this match, but mm. you know, I think Flash Funk. It's, it's nice to see Flash Funk when WF actually had some interest or knew what the fuck to do with him. Yeah, and the fan, the fans did seem like yeah. he, he had his fans. You know what I mean? He had his fans. Yeah, yeah. I think he, I think he was still fairly popular. Like, yeah, he was given a very WF new gen gimmick, but he he still got a chance to wrestle like Two Cold Scorpio got to wrestle more for the most part. Yeah, I think well, uh, when he went and. Had the gimmick of took old Scorpio in the yeah. dub. Uh, he seemed to wrestle a lot of shotgun. Mm. Like he wrestled on the the, the time period's lesser shows yeah. more so. I think I think he was like in that position. He was a little bit more over than what the Patriot was, and mm-hmm. the one match he was over in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I that day ago I watched a documentary on on paid, on Del Wilkes. I was going to say Dwayne Gill. That's the, that's fucking Gilbert. But um, yeah, I watched a little sort of pseudo twenty odd minute documentary on Del Wilkes. Kind of sad because they mentioned it, unfortunately, in R.I.P. to him. He's passed away now, yeah. Del Wilkes, and sad to see because um, it did mention on the documentary that he had quite a storied career in Japan. Yeah, yeah. It was quite over in Japan, and I think he had a brief run in the WCW as well. I think he'd had the Patriot before coming in there, so he'd wrestled there. Well, the I think I'm sorry to cut you off, but I think the Patriot was his, his overall gimmick through yeah. his career. Yes, I said I think he wrestled before as the Patriot in other countries before yeah, yeah. it wasn't a WF gimmick that they gave him. Yeah, that but was he, his gimmick. But the part yeah. reason they featured him so prominently is because they were doing a whole America v Canada. Yeah, know, we were doing the whole thing. So yeah, that was interesting. And it was actually supposed to be, you know, the Survivor Series match, the mm-hmm. four on four. Yeah. USA Canadian yeah. Canada match. Canadian. <laughs> the USA Canada match. Uh, he was actually supposed to feature. Like he was supposed to be part of that match, but I think that was during a time period when he was suffering his uh, injury. Like he he had a lot of nagging injuries from the Like he came in the WWE. I think the reason he was gone very quickly is because. I think when he came in, he lied about how badly his injuries yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, he just kind of so covered himself. Because he, he kind of thought at this point, maybe he's last trying to get a proper run in the WWF. Was he sort so, of thinking, like, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll play it down. Yeah. I can work it off. Yeah, you can work around thing. it kind of thing. He was, I think he maybe may have been one of these old school guys, you know, you don't take time off even if you're in. Yeah, 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 he had that old school mentality. Which unfortunately played against him. And that played a lot against a lot of guys for that time period. Though. They always thought, like, like you say, you don't take a day off. You don't worry about if you, if you can work through it, work through it, 
You know what I mean? Which is why I always kind of roll my eyes when the guy's like, oh, it's better and mad. You're like, yeah, everybody was fucked and no one wanted to lose to anybody. Yeah. Fuck, them, fuck guys nowadays for the, being nice to each other. The thing, well, it wasn't the fact that anybody, it wasn't I don't want to lose to anybody. It was more so, I think, in, the, in that time period. Because remember, in that time period, you were just clearly territory time yeah. period. I think when it was starting to become, you know, like mm-hmm. a household thing, yeah. I think a lot of guys were thinking, well, fuck if I'm hurt, I don't want to lose my spot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you know fine well, especially in that early, well, very late 80s, early 90s to mid-90s period, if you were lucky enough to be in the upper mid-card or, fingers crossed, the main event status, you didn't want to be injured because you knew fine well the minute you were injured, you're losing that spot. You're yeah. going You're going back to fucking TV time, you know what I mean? You ain't, you ain't getting money. Yeah. You know, so it's understandable with a guy, like you said, uh, Del Wilkes mm-hmm. having that old mentality, he's gonna he's gonna bullshit and think yeah. like I'll I'll work it out, it'll get better as I go, or I can work through it, like you say, you know. But we'll come to the Patriot at a later time. Yeah, I don't know how we got on the Patriot to begin with. Oh. But uh, <laughs> I put I put down this Owen Hart and the Bulldog versus the Imposters for the tag team title. The Imposters, yeah. Fake Razor and Fake Deal, despite the fact that the previous mm-hmm. month at Survivor Series they had a lengthy. Showdown in a four and four match between the two of them, like came down to them and Furnace and Lafon. Yeah, did Furnace and yeah. Lafon get a title match even though they beat the champions? Did no, they fuck? No, and that that always confused me. Like, they seem to, they always seem to push Furnace and Lafon, but then yeah, not you know Furnace Lafon. Another group of guys who had some success in in Japan as well. A lot of guys who had success either internationally on the territories getting brought in for brief runs in the WF. Yeah, the and not really getting any, any. Yeah, any any. You know, yeah, I anything out of it. Yeah, but look, do you know the thing that confused me most, and I mean most about this match? And if it, if it, if you're thinking the same thing, do tell me, or if you noticed it, do tell me. But um, like we say, it's Rick Bogner playing fake Razor, and obviously Glenn Jacobs, who would go on to be Kane, uh-huh. and who was formerly Isaac Yankum DDS, <laughs> Jerry Lawler's personal dentist in his vendetta against Bret Hart. But anywho, as they're coming in, right? Uh-huh. They're coming in. They're doing the joint pyro and the uh-huh. yeah, and the uh, you know the, the razor <laughs> uh-huh. and diesel poses. And as the entrances are going off, right, we see uh, fake fake diesel mm-hmm. Glenn Jacobs, and he's got kind of short hair, right? Uh-huh. But. As as I, as I think, because uh, we get the promo uh-huh. from Bulldog and Owen, mm-hmm. and Kevin Kelly's doing the interview, and he's giving it the whole, like, well, you two haven't really been on the same page the last couple of weeks, you know? And, yeah. I, and Bulldog, I think it's I think it's a lot to do with, with you and Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. He's like, and, and I think Bulldog's like, oh, I'm not worried about Stone Cold. <laughs> We're going to go in there. Don't you worry about it. We're going to go in there. We're going to beat Diesel and Razor. Mm-hmm. With the bulldog and the king of hearts, Slammy Award winning Owen Hart, and then Owen Hart jumps in and he gets all pissed and he's like, "You stop trying to mess with our system. You stop trying to mess with our game plan. Bulldog's not worried about Stone Cold. He's worried about the tag titles. You got Bulldog and the Slammy Award winner. We're gonna get in there. We're gonna defend our titles, and that's that. Stop trying to put him off his games, <laughs> right? And we get that part. But when Bulldog and Owen are coming in. Uh. And then we cut to earlier in the day, as yeah. they say, right? 
Aye, because like, they used to do superstars on a Saturday yeah. or Sunday, whatever. But we cut to earlier. And like I say, we say earlier in the day on yeah. superstars. Uh-huh. Glenn Jacobs, Rick Bogner come out, jump Bulldog and Owen in the rampway. Mm-hmm. Am I the only one that noticed the immediate hair length change of Glenn Jacobs? Probably. Because he comes out and his hair is like longer than mine at the time. Yeah. My hair is about what? Collar length? Yeah, yeah, I'd now, say that. But collar length, right? His hair was down to about, like, just about sort of nipple level, say, <laughs> right? He's got long hair and he's beating the shit out of Bulldog. Uh-huh. And he comes out and his hair is like up to his ear or some shit. You know, it's almost as if that Superstars was taped maybe a few weeks ago. And maybe it's almost as if they want you to think it's the same day, but it isn't. But you see, there is there is there is one of the many flaws in this pay per view. Yeah, and maybe it's just because I'm a pernickety little shit. In fact, it's a great deal about me being a pernickety little you, shit. You wouldn't be a proper wrestling fan if you weren't pernickety. Uh, no, I wouldn't be. But no, we say earlier in the day, yeah. and what what he beat up Bulldog and Owen and went for a haircut. You got to fill the time. <laughs> you know. But, but, but like, oh, you see, did he change out his gear, then come back and change into it, or did he just walk into a barber dressed as Diesel? That's what you yeah, like, yeah. I'm Diesel. Give me a haircut. You didn't look like Kevin Ash. I didn't say it was Kevin Ash. I said it was Diesel. I said I like a fucking haircut. Give a haircut. Yeah. But no, we come out and we get into the match, and obviously this is the time period where uh, Bulldog and Owen are managed by Clarence Mason. Yes, you know. Jay also is very like, I don't get, why are these people booing? I'm offended personally that they're booing. Oh, Razor yeah. and Diesel. Honestly, I didn't hear any booing. Maybe it's my quality or everything, or maybe it's just, I, all I heard was just apathy. There wasn't actual it, booze. Yeah, apathy. I think that is the exact word you need to use, apathy, because I looked in the crowd as it was starting off. Like, you know how we, we did the camera pan? Yeah. And I, I know I don't usually intently check for like I don't do enough work and I'm trying I'm I'm building on that yeah yeah but, you, you brought the hair thing to my thing that's work in well, yeah. but I was looking at the crowd right and usually with that especially with that that era of the WWF yeah you look at the crowd and usually with the crowd in that area you could tell uh-huh. like if a guy's over or this guy's gonna be over the crowd tells it because yeah. I mean at the time I mean, nowadays you've got you've got like like you say for WrestleManias and things you've got like seventy seven maybe yeah. eighty thousand people. Mm-hmm. It's jam packed and huge arenas. At this time period, it was maybe like ECW on a good day level for at least secondary <laughs> yeah. pay per views. You know, so a lot of the time you had to focus on the crowd because the crowd would tell you. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of the time with the commentary team, even with the Spanish announced team. I found a lot of the time the way of the pay-per-view is the commentary kind of followed a narrative. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, like like Vince would say something in yeah. one or two and then they'd get into something and Vince would say something that was supposed to be funny. Yeah. Which very rarely was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then King would be a bit perverse. <laughs> Not quite to the level he would become, but, yeah. you know. And JR sitting there like, what the hell am I doing here? Trying to hold the whole thing together. Yeah, you go, I wish I was still in WCW. I wish I was still calm college football. Yeah. I wish I was back in Oklahoma. <laughs> but you look at the crowd at the start of this match, and I swear to God, on the far side, <laughs> if it had been nice this time period, people would have been looking at their phones. Aye. 
And on the other side, I think I seen f three people when Diesel was beaten into on. I seen three people go. Mm. It was great. We were just sitting there like, I wonder what the queue is like at the concession stand. Will it? If I go now, will I be in a long queue? If I get time to go get my cellar roll before the next match. I'm sure the queue at the toilet will, be, will die down with it. I'm dying for a piss right about now. Can I turn that washing machine off? <laughs> Did I put that bin out? <laughs> you know, it, was, it was that kind yeah. of attitude. You know, well, people well, just didn't care. I, I, I put it here in my notes. Vince is a prick about an own fan because somebody has a big sign with some glitter on it. Big, like, oh, Owen Hart's number one fan. Owen Hart like, and uh, Vince went, oh, clearly Owen Hart's mother in tonight. Ah, I've seen that, like... Fuck you. Fuck you, Owen, like, if you'd have pushed him right, Owen would have been the fucking champ five times. I, I couldn't get into the first few minutes of the match because, uh -huh. like, I was too distracted. First, the AAA guys were just standing about. One of them ripped their shirt off for no reason. No, no, that was, that was kind of a bit further on. I figured it was very early on in the match. Early enough, but no, the initial portion of the match, I was But then that happens, and then you have the thing with, with Austin getting involved, and then they turn to be separated because... I believe what was happening is this would start a thing where they would slowly would be teasing the breakup of Owen and Bolo because like, I believe there's a segment at least at one point of it before this draft is where Owen's helping Austin from a beat down and like or or helping Brett out or something like that yeah. and Owen's kind of annoyed him like what you do because also like, he and Brett are still on the edge at this point I think at one point it would have led to a feud where like Owen is the heel Brett Bulldog's base but when Brett turns to Austin they then patch up like mm. they stay heel and they become part of the new the new Heart Foundation yeah, and everything. but, I mean, if you I think, think, I think about the, it... I think the Europe, when they fight for the European title, that becomes a part of it as well. Yeah, but, I mean, if you think about it, this is a, mm. this is a very, very slow build towards... Because, mm. I mean, obviously, at that point... You know you know that they have it planned out months in advance, so yeah. obviously, at that point, they're thinking of putting the IC belt on Owen. Yeah. So, obviously, I, I generally believe that is the very beginnings of the slow build towards... Yeah. Owen and Austin mm -hmm. what would eventually happen and have an unfortunate incident at the SummerSlam yeah I think I think that's it some of that European challenge I think this, this is kind of almost a tribute to and obviously he and Bulldog fought for European title while still tag teams and a recent Owen Hart qualifier they had both members of FTR for each other in a qualifier yeah. they've been talking about how the fans there are people like the Hearts and everything like that so I think the way of having two tag partners fight was in a way a tribute to Owen and Bulldog. Oh, hell yeah, way. hell yeah. I haven't seen the match. I've heard it's great. I don't know which one of them won it. but Dash. Uh, they were formerly called Dawson and Dash. Now it's Dax and Dax, Cash. Dax Harwood? Or Dax Harwood. Harwood and Cash Wheeler. Cash Wheeler. I knew it was Cash Wheeler. I, was, I just I heard, was confused about I heard, Harwood. I heard a rumour at the time. I don't think it was ever corroborated, but the fact that they chose the Dax and Cash was meant to be uh, a reference to Axe and Smash in a way. That's I don't cool. think it's I think legit. It seems like the kind of thing they would do. Yeah, that's, we're kind we're kind of like wrestling fans in the same way like yeah. uh, Cardona and yeah. uh, Myers, right? Do they have a, a YouTube thing or are they just no, wrestlers? No, 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 they're just wrestlers. You know? right. Wrestlers, wrestlers, wrestlers. No, but like I think like you talk about this match and everything that could be building towards and everything could be planting seeds for, but um, I I really like see the initial like when the bell rang. Mm -hmm. The initial portion of this match, I thought between uh, Glenn Jacobs and Owen, because mm -hmm. I'm sure they will first do yeah. what we're in Owen, yeah. and, Owen and Diesel, you know Diesel, uh, Diesel, you know Doctor Liquid Magma. Felt <laughs> <laughs> a bit of Austin Powers reference there. Guess the, how old we are. We would use the Doctor meme. <laughs> doctor, is he sleeping? Yes. Guess what, Mini Me doesn't want any chocolate! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Well, use your words like a big boy clown. Anyway, let's not get into the reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, the initial portion of this match, just as the bell kicked off between Owen and, mm-hmm. and Diesel, I really did, like, I liked the exchange, you know? Because mm-hmm. Owen, Owen was not doing spectacular Owen as he yeah. did. He was just doing, um, but at this point, I generally thought basic Owen was solid too, you know what I mean? Yeah. He yeah. more than matched his brother in general technical wrestling. And Glenn Jacobs, like... For what he had to do, like to sell B and Diesel, his he main, really did sell the kind of motions and movement of Diesel his, really well. His main qualifications for B and Diesel were you are also tall, but like when they're standing together, like I've noticed that like when they were the guys outsiders, Nash is you know they're both tall guys. Nash is obviously a few inches taller than all. But you see these two standing together, like you're about the same height. That's I mean that's a warning sign number one. Like yeah, like, Bogner. Now the way you see some guys backstage watching TV from weird angles in WWE, if you watch the telly of his match from that angle and squinted and then stepped, stepped really far back, you're like, ah, he looks like Scott Hall. You but, mean, if you're, but if you're looking at it with your eyes properly, like, you're not fucking Scott Hall. But you mean if I did that? Yeah, basically if you took off your glasses. Oh, I pulled my hair. <laughs> oh, pulled my hair That's what you get glasses. for trying to prove a point. I was just, I was trying to agree with your point. Well... Who told you to do that? I was trying to be nice, but no, I liked the initial part of that match. Also, like how we've watched three matches with involving Owen and Bulldog win the tag titles and defending them, and all three times they're the faciest heel champions I've ever they seen. They totally are because they played seemingly played faces and the against Simon Guns with both times Owen seemingly at points getting isolated, and then Owen gets isolated again here. That's totally. why they needed to face. That's why they needed people like Fern and so on to make them heels because they're heels. Yeah. But if you just watch them by pay per view and not the week to week, you'd think they were faces. That's the thing I never ever got though. Like Vince, obviously must have seen the fan reaction to Owen and Bulldog. Uh. Why did he never fucking? Why didn't he fucking go for it? Why didn't he fucking push Owen? I don't know. You know that is a. That to me, right, in all seriousness, that to me is a fucking travesty in wrestling. Owen deserved so much more than he got. You know? Mm-hmm. So much fucking more. He's in back between Bogner and David Boy. David Boy just got to lead, like vertical suplex. Yeah, yeah, he was great at that. Yeah. He pretty much is able to just throw him around. I love the way, like, see when Bulldog did that vertical uh-huh. suplex and, like, the stall. Uh-huh. The way he fell into it, like, the way he delivered the slam after it. Always thought that he was salt. He was one of the top guys at like really selling that, like delayed power bomb king thing. There was a slam. There was a spot here which looked very weird. Like because Owen, they tried to do a thing where Owen and Bullock throw both Diesel and Razor in each other, but they kind of do it gets reversed where now Owen dives at, at Diesel and Diesel catches him, and then Bullock just drop kicks them. But really, it puts Owen in more danger because Diesel goes backwards over the top with Owen and he's and there's a bit where you can see that. that Owen was very close to potentially hitting his head off that apron. Ooh. So Bulldog, in a way, put his own partner at more risk than his opponent. Was this the spot. end? Was this the closing? No, this is towards the yeah, end where everything's yeah. breaking down and then... Yeah, because didn't... Uh, wasn't the culmination was, I think, uh, Bogner, you know, Razor. Uh, he went for like, the Razor Edge. He like, went for the Razor Edge. He did the whole... Uh, the pose. The pose. On the outside, Diesel runs at Owen. Owen moves, he hits his head on the pose. That's the one, yeah, and then yeah. Owen drop kicks Bogner while he's sitting up and then... Davy rolls through for the pin. Yeah. JR's kicking off. Hey, Owen's oh, Adam must be in the ring. He's not legal. Yeah, it was funny with the whole JR heel thing because you're like, 
That's not what, man. Come on. Earlier on, in the way he's moaning about them being booed and, you know, Taylor Lawler winds them up and going, you know, I'm pretty sure I heard when your name was announced, they were booing you a little bit. Like, yeah, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't boo good old JR. Good old JR. <laughs> so, yeah, that match was like 10, 10 minutes, 45 seconds. Uh, not longer than it needed to be, really. And then, literally, before, as soon as they can celebrate, oh, and comes Austin, chop blocked Yeah, him, chop blocked to Bulldog. He gets took him. down. And one of the rare times when a chalk block really fucked someone up, you know? Because mm. poor Bulldog, he's having the ref... That was it, the ref or Clarence Mason and Owen that were Aye. walking him up well and he was all like, oh, oh, my poor leg, oh. Bloody hell, I'm going to get you, you bastard. Because <laughs> I'm bizarre. <laughs> and then uh, we have an interview with Ahmed Johnson. Conducted oh, for by goodness the- sake, I'd forgotten about this. May the- I? There oh, you go. I'm, I'm sure I can get through it just as painfully as you would. There we go. Comes out and Vince says something. These very nice navy blue tracks that he's wearing. Well, Vince isn't wearing a navy no, blue no, tracks. No, so, Ahmed yeah, but he's like, well, here comes Ahmed Johnson. His music plays, he comes out, he jumps up on the side apron. Uh-huh. And like you say, his nice navy blue striped tracksuit. Uh-huh. Kind of like... like if you bought Adidas on Wish. Four, Adidas four stripes. Yeah, totally. I think it was two fucking stripes. <laughs> Couldn't he afford four? Uh, but anyway. Well, 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 clearly not. He's, uh, given when he talks about what he's lost in this fucking yeah, world. So he, he, I think he's supposed to sound sympathetic, but he just kind of, kind of pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> like that one. I like that one. Yeah. I like that. But he comes in and he's like, lost my car, lost my girlfriend, lost my house. And he, he comes out and then he's talking some other shit about uh, something. I mean, I really kind of only half listened to him because I couldn't bear the sound of him. The whole point of it is like he he lives for the fans and oh, yeah, they announced like, that he and Frederick are finally going to face it off at the Rumble. Yeah, but then you hear the Nation music come on, PG 13's rapping him out, you know, two little white guys in the Nation, you know, along with Crush. <laughs> Big fucking Hawaiian. Uh, but anywho. Comes out and he's like, Furrick's basically giving me like, you fucking, like, yeah. you and all the other Uncle Toms, man, that you're the reason. Mm. And there's going to be a name at Lendale and Madison, it's going to be Farouk. You know, you know I'm paraphrasing here, I but think, you know. I think a big, the big issue that he took was he, he thought that people like Ahmed Johnson were being too nice to the, yeah, the white yeah. men who held, he said, you people who held our people back, and he called them Uncle Tom, which is. A phrase I think has its looks roots back in slavery. Yeah, where have well, it's more in sort of like like, well, and I'm only kind of paraphrasing again because I can't. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. want to sound like I know something, but yeah. something I don't. But as far as I know, it's about, uh, you know. Well, I'm I'm not even going to say it because I don't really know. I don't want to. I, I think it has to like, to do with like certain slaves that worked with uh, slave warriors who were then cruel to other slaves. They lived in the big houses with the... Yeah, like, yeah. like if you've seen Django Jane, Samuel Jackson's <laughs> character. And the, I've seen that, that, that. Samuel L. Jackson's character, and that makes me laugh. Calvin! <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. Come> <laughs> but, but no, um, I think, that's, I think yeah. that's generally what I was thinking, but I think I think you phrased it yeah. a lot better than yeah, I could have. I, I, I did history, history, and we talked about slavery and everything. I, yeah. And now I don't know... Everything about it, so I can vaguely see that it has its roots there and and things like that. I won't dwell on it too much. I, but I will say one thing though: 
This is not a history podcast. No, it's not. <laughs> but but honestly, it's very much used as a joy term used by some white people to others, but black people as well. And that's the it's fighting words. It's, it's, a, it's a very severe thing for a black person to call now a black person for what I can tell. And so also to move on to something more lighthearted, Barry Johnson, his promo here, right? It's shite. Oh yeah. He's never known for his good promos. Can I can I do an impression? <laughs> You're good down. You're good down. A, a shit a chat as that is. People for some reason chant along and weirdly it's the loudest the crowd have been up until that point. I know, right? It's really weird. Like, pick your moments, people. Pick your moment. You're back in that foot. Come like, on. He is there with. We don't. We technically don't know it yet, but he's there with his own employer, and he's seeing how he's lost his car and his house and everything. Like, you're meant to be a superstar. You're the world wrestling version, larger than life. Like, you're maybe making no. all the money beat on TV or something. Like, no, a sad big lump who's greeting about shit. Like, surely you're a wrestler. You have money. Like, you're not painting the lifestyle of a professional wrestler. To be the best here. Like. Not sympathetic. Like yeah. I say. Just pathetic. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, the match is happening at the Rumble. We're going to do the Royal Rumble at some point in the future. Yeah, but I mean. If you look at those two, those two superstars. Two wrestlers at the time. You're more likely back for Rook. Because he doesn't seem like a bitch. Rook can actually cut a fucking promo for one Hell thing. yeah. Mm-hmm. And from what I hear, he kicked the living piss out of that silly prick as oh, well. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. You know, I've heard, I've heard that I think it was Mark Henry or Godfather or one of them that was in the nation when it was at its peak. But they were talking about um, Ahmed had legit fucked up Ron yeah. Simmons' kidney. Like uh-huh. kicked him too hard, like broke his rib or fucked his kidney or something. I think I meant had the kidney injury. But no, he he, he went and screwed Ron uh-huh. Simmons up with a faulty uh-huh. kick, and apparently Simmons came back uh-huh. after months off, and uh-huh. he was like, he was like, "Don't talk to me. I'm going to fuck him up." This is this is a feud that went on for long than it should with oh yeah, little yeah. of them interacting because like it was after an incident where he debuts and attacks Johnson. Johnson gets injured, they can't have a match at SummerSlam, the IC title is stripped from him yeah. and everything, he forms the nation, he's, he drops the whole gladiator thing, drops the, forms the nation at Survivor Series, then they find, oh, we're going to have the match, and they have the match, and then there's a big multi-man tag at WrestleMania, they do a thing later down the line, and then Ahmed joins for a while, gets injured again, gets kicked out, like, fuck you, we've got the rock here, he's... Yeah, that, that was, I mean, A, get injured, B, behind the scenes, Leo wanted to kick the fuck out of him, mm-hmm. and C, you know... Yeah. Fucking rock was much better. Alright, so just scoot by this little promo here. Yeah. On to a re- reprovise, it basically recaps you the, the goings on with Mr. Perfect, which you already covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah we did, we did. Uh, JR makes a joke of it, <laughs> a bit Hunter Helmsley's nose. As we did at the time. You're going, nose to nose, so that's an advantage to Helmsley. <laughs> Also, they hype up the fact that tomorrow they, they were doing a thing in Raw and as part of one of their sponsors with Milton Bradley Karate Fighters were doing a Milton Bradley Karate Fighters tournament and the final was going to happen tomorrow night on Raw. Jerry Lawler versus Sable. <laughs> yeah. It's basically a Anywho. Sh- it was basically a shit rock and sock and roll, but that's why I, I know. was. I and know. they just choose one like, <laughs> Sid got to compete against Sonny in a match, which is funny. <laughs> See, that's, that's how much those, pay-per-view, those secondary pay-per-views were promoted at the time. Mm-hmm. By Milton Bradley Karate right, Fighters. Fighters. And there was kind of rejoicing. Mm. 
but you know, you you originally called it an underrated match, but then when we're talking here, you, you weren't you weren't really no too no. I watched it back. Like I say, I was I was more infused because I think I think it was more in of the fact like I really did quite enjoy early Triple H. You know, like Hunter Hearst Helmsley matches. I really did because we're. We're at that weird time mm-hmm. period as well, where he's like you say, he's just off being in the shit for the whole curtain call thing. I think uh-huh. he's got the IC title, mm-hmm. you know, and he's on his uh, second entrance music at the time. Yeah, because at first they had that very, you know, uh-huh. very polite, very violiny, yeah, posh Connecticut blue blood music. And I don't think at this point he was doing his little courtesy. Yeah. Well, for instance, oh, he's so promising. I'm like, don't you live in Connecticut, my man? Does he, are you guys neighbours? <laughs> and then I think Dear Lord went, you need to be able to, only pompous people can spell the word pompous. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he comes out, and I, at this point, like, this was his sort of just pre-DX look. I really liked his look at this point. Mm. He's all the long, the long tights yeah. and the, the sort of robe. I love that look and his hair looked great you know but he comes out to the uh, what was it the big operatic by the Ode to Joy yeah and he comes out to that before this of course Mark Merrow had come out with all his you know sparklers wow man and the thing is right and I, I did wax article because like I said I did really like Huh. Early hunting matches and whatnot, but watching it back, and I, I, I think I had a what's that? Uh, when you remember something, rose tinted glasses. yeah, rose tinted glasses on Mark Merrill mm-hmm. because I really did like the idea uh-huh. of the early, you know, the wild man, you know, really did, and I think uh, at the King of the Ring, Steve Austin got a good match at him. <laughs> And I think Steve Austin really carried that match. But um, watching him in this match, he seems to be second-guessing himself every goddamn move he makes. Particularly the moves he's supposed to be his forte, his high mm-hmm. files. Like, I watch him coming off the ring apron. He looks like he's just making sure he's still. I watch him go for moonsaults. He's kind of second-guessing. And then... Um, I'm. I suppose I'm kind of running through this match quickly because no, we, get, we did get some interesting points. Like, like we get into it, we do our thing. Lot of hold, lot of like rest holds and things. Yeah, and then most especially, in, especially when Triple H is in. Control. Yeah, yeah, when Triple H is in control, there's a lot of rest holds, a lot of submissions. One of the really interesting parts of this match it always makes me snigger because I remember watching it on my videotape as well. Uh, Triple H, I think, has got Mark Merrow in a, a like a sh- abdominal stretch. Abdominal stretch, yeah. And once or twice, he does the classic heel Aye. thing. He grabs onto the rope and he's pulling, he's pulling. And Earl Hebner jumps up and he's like, "Hey!" And he's he, are you on the ropes? No, I'm not. No, no, I'm not on the ropes. And he's like, "I'm fucking watching you." Oh, you did? No, I didn't. And then Earl Hebner is down again, and he's doing that classic referee thing that always makes me laugh. It's like. Uh, you can ask him if he's submitting, but you don't need to be standing there every two seconds going, like waving your horns in his face, going, are you quitting? Are you quitting? Are you, are you quitting? Yes, mate. And now? How about now? And uh, now? And I don't think I'd ever really seen it before or after this point, right? And you know what I'm bringing up here, right? Yeah, yeah. Triple H leans back, grabs yeah. the top rope again, he's fucking pulling more. 
And I heard the notice, he gets up and he boots him right in the hall and he's like, fucking quit it. Uh, and Triple H lets go, right? And he does the classic uh, heel, like, I'm a fucking man thing. Uh, and he jumps and he shoves Errol Hebner. Errol uh, Hebner just goes back, fucking shoves him back and he's ass in the fucking corner. He fucking stuck, waves his finger and he's like, you fucking remember who you're talking to, man? I'm the fucking, and he points at his badge, he's like, I'm the fucking ref. You're the guy. I'm the fucking ref. You fucking watch yourself. <laughs> and Triple H stands up and he fucking horns up and he's like, oh, that's fucking cool, man. That'd be a, that'd be a long-running thing between him and him, but even when he was, most probably when he was the game and everything, but like, mm. I think that's another thing that he borrowed from Ric Flair, you know, the way he's idle, because like, there was a referee back there, I can't remember his name, but Flair used to have that back and forth with the referee. And was then, that the referee that looked like him? No, that, no, was, that, that, no, that was Charles Robinson. Charles, that was he's different. still going in. It's a different referee you talk about, but like, it was like late 80s, early 90s, thing that was happening with Flair and this referee. Apparently, Flair said that like, at the time people were giving him shit for, like, what are you doing? Because like, he would do the beg off when the referee finally got back in his face, but like, they are like, what are you doing? You can't beg off from a fucking referee, man. Yeah. So, like, I can. No, I don't think that's the exact conversation, but pretty much Flair didn't give a shit what people said. Because yeah. also, people would often say that he, as a heel champion, was too. Giving to the point, but like I see, I, I think it's the idea of his kind of character where you feel like you should be able to be him, but like he's always sneaking, he sneaks away with the belt, and then he'll go on his promos and he'll brag about how rich mm-hmm. he is and how good he is and how no one can beat him, yeah. which makes you root for him to get beat. Totally, totally. And we we must admit that Ric Flair is one of Triple H's idols, basically. Idols, basically. I mean, for what I hear, they don't really talk much. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, but like it was always one he's like yeah. that was somebody he looked up to in the wrestling mm-hmm. business. Yeah. But now this match goes on and let's say Merrill gets a couple of high spots, we get a couple of false finishes, a couple of two counts. Uh, it's a point where the referee gets accidentally closed like Yeah, by... we get a rev bump by Merrill. Uh, Merrill goes for a clothesline, I think, and Triple H ducks and he knocks knocks her out and down. Which he then gets back up when Merrill's got a pinball, but he's already had them there for a fair few seconds, so uh, by the time he gets there. Merrill gets a roll up and he's uh, he's actually pulling the tights as well. Jerry Lawler calls it out on his Yeah, well. he's like he's pulling the tights and Errol Hebner, I like the funny thing, he's clearly looking. <laughs> like you can see like he's got his head up looking and he still goes and then he kicks but out. But he kicks out, you know. I think mean? maybe he was holding on the tights, you know, I'm not trying to no, justify it, but I think maybe he was uh, just thinking, like, I've had him here for a while, maybe if I hold on the tights, I can keep him here for a couple more seconds. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And then, like, there was a point where Triple H's fright where he got control, because he went to the outside and he did the typical heel thing, like, oh, grab the female manager, you yeah. wouldn't hit a woman, and then he sneak attacks medal for that and that's allows him to take control of Vince McMahon. Oh, all the dastardly things you can do. You wouldn't hit a woman. I mean, you might hit Sable, but you wouldn't hit a woman. <laughs> I think they mentioned that he back uh, during the free all he was kind of seen chatting up Marlena was, uh, was Triple H and then this leads to Goldust coming out. So already they're setting up Triple H's next big feud. Yeah, but look, can I, because you know I love Goldust. Go ahead. Like I say, we're on the outside and they're kind of mm-hmm. doing the whole thing. They're getting into it on the outside. Just after the whole Sable yeah. moment, Goldust, who are I think we're trying to push, we're trying to comp- we're trying to take the whole as he is the no thing away oh, yeah, from they, him. You know, I think between now and the Rumble, he officially confirmed like his technically his face turn is admitting, no, I am not gay. Yeah, and yeah. Then, Was then, that before or after the Raw episode when uh, Jerry Lawler was before, interv- Yeah, before. when Jerry Lawler was interviewing him, aren't you? No, no, I think I think that promo said, well, aren't you? I know what, you know, are you, you know. And then he just goes, no. no. Hey, big tear, like, uh, yay. Yeah, he's not a poof. 
No, basically that was the same. And was, then, and then which like, was the style at the time. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. Late nineties homophobia. <laughs> but, but then Mar- they even they even take it step over and met he and Marlene are married and everything. And then you have her because also Triple H was trying was trying to steal her. Yeah, yeah. That's the matter how the thing with him and Mar Mar Meadow started because Sable started his, as Triple H's valley. But basically, she's like, oh. Like you want a real man like me? Like oh no, rest assured, no. Goldust is all man. Was uh, was Sable Merrow's wife at the time when he came in? In kayfabe, they weren't married. I think in real life, they yeah, weren't. yeah, real life they were married. But no, uh, they're getting into it on the outside, as I said. And then, like you say, Goldust comes down mm-hmm. because I think beforehand, uh, when the ref was down, uh, Triple H had. Like you say, he got in a little bit of advantage. He went out and grabbed the belt mm. off Finkel, who's just sitting there holding it. He's like, ah, take it, man. <laughs> just don't hit me. Just don't hit me. I'm bald. <laughs> <laughs> and the Fink voice, no, please, Triple H, do not hit me. He would have been a great sword on. He would, didn't he? Wouldn't he? <laughs> now, the Power Rangers. Anyway, your point. But yeah, my Gold point. Dust. He fucking like Triple H gets the belt, like gets fucked up with two and fall down again. Go out the ring. Goldust turns up, picks up the title belt, which is now outside the ring. Yeah. And obviously, because he's got a bit of sh- fucking issue with uh-huh. Triple H, he goes to smack Triple H. Uh-huh. He ducks. Goldust knocks the fuck out of Mark Merrill. But then he's like, well, fuck it, I'm here now. And he just turns around and smacks Triple H anyway. So he's like, I knocked you out. Knocked you out, you cunt. There you go. So then we get this pathetically slow. Errol Hebner hanging over the second rope, looking all fucked up and shit. And he's like, doing the motion for the count. Merrill eventually gets in and he beats the count by like second, I think. So Merrill wins. Obviously, the title doesn't change hands, so <laughs> he goes in, and this is a, the most glaring thing. Like as I said throughout the match, I thought always thought he was second guessing himself. It does the whole like face, like hey, I've not won the title, but I'm going to get mine on the heel anyway. Brings Triple H back in, goes up for the wild thing, you know, <laughs> for his. I mean, what's the the moonsault basically? No, it's a shooting star, shooting star, right? But he goes for it. But as he's getting up on the rope, I swear to God, he looked like he was making sure he wasn't going to fall. Well, like, it'd be kind of awkward if he did. No, he gets up and he looks sugarly, and then he, he goes like he goes to go in with the flip. But just before he's doing, he's kind of like, yeah, sure myself, and he just throughout the match he never looked very fluid when it mm-hmm. came to his high flying. Like, I've seen guys like like Jeff Hardy, he's big. Like, he would just uh, rob Van Damme. Yeah, yeah. Billy Kidman, even though he was a tad reckless. Oh, yeah. You know? Even even fucking uh, Grandmaster Sexy, he was... Mm-hmm. Remember his Mississippi Jam? Yeah, uh, the hip-hop drop. The hip-hop drop. But remember when he was just Brian Christopher, mm-hmm. it was Mississippi Jam. Yes, well, I remember. It was the Tennessee drop. Jam. What was it? Tennessee Jam. But anywho... Guys like that always look like they were like Van Damme, particularly when he went for his five star, mm-hmm. he would run up right up on the top rope, and by the time you blinked, he'd Aye. fucking landed on the guy. Aye. The time it took Merrill to steady himself to actually deliver the wild thing, Van Damme could have done three fucking frog splashes. 
the stupidest thing about this whole thing is like he's announced the winner by countdown and Sable gets in and he's like Robbie Souls reassuring like King, you did it, you're all done, you won the match. These guys shaking off like no, like fuck off you silly cow. I wanted to win the title, I don't no, win I the title no, by Kerry. No fucking won the belt. Been, but then he takes the belt anyway. <laughs> if you remember rightly. Aye. And then Triple H, um, he's kind of flopping about in the ring. And I'll be honest, it was this point I was looking at his butt. But, hey, he's a nice ass. But he gets out of the ring, gets about, what, what, maybe just about halfway up the ramp, and then Goldust jumps him again, uh-huh. punches the fuck out of his skull a few times, <laughs> points at him and shouts something that we can't quite hear. Yeah. Could go out here a lot of things on this fucking show. Yeah, well, that would be a running problem. <laughs> but anywho, Goldust beats him up and they're like, and then I think, is it uh, Vince or JR that says, well, I don't know what's happened, but he certainly raised the R of Goldust. <laughs> yeah, because he mentioned also something with Seb Jean, him and Marley. We don't know what's said there, but you know, it's raised the R of Goldust. Yeah, he's raised the R of Goldust. And then we get a Sid promo. This is one where Sid beats massive teeth. Yes, but he does. He doesn't fuck it up. No, doesn't and he make, does doesn't that, make much sense though. Either. He does that classic Sid thing where, in between words, he goes uh, and pulls a face and goes, "Ha ha ha! I'm making an insane face." Look, it's a mix between a father Jack face and like he's trying to pass a difficult shite. <laughs> that would be an ecumenical shite. Brett, <laughs> <laughs> Sean. Arse biscuits. <laughs> there's a there's also a club of Sean and Brett instead of big brawl during an interview on Superstar as yeah, well. It said they were interviewing, and then Sean jumps in, and then Brett gets in the whole fracas. And yeah, and then as Brett is getting in the fracas, Sid turns around and just does his classic, just clubs him. <laughs> he does his thing. Brett, Sean beat you. I beat oh, let Sean. me let me. I loved it because he's like they're asking him, Brett, Sean. Beat you, and I beat Sean like a dog. You know what I mean? And you're like, this this guy is the man. <laughs> He's gonna kill him. And also, he enters with the holy master in the will of the world, and then go on, you can do it. You're like, I am the master, ruler of the world, and I'm so much a hard mental bastard. I don't need to open my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> And then, I said to say, I like him, but the Undertaker's had the worst match in the last two in your house. This is the second in your house. Anyway, we can just skip to the end. <sighs> or at least skip to where they're putting an idiot face in a straight jacket. What the fuck even was this? I don't know. I, I'll be honest, when I was watching this one, I wasn't watching it. I was looking at my phone. It was an Armageddon rules match. Which was about as interesting as going to the library. It's basically a Texas damage where you pin them, then you need to take it. You didn't need to take it because there was a bit of a pop when Tigger does pin him. There's only one actual pinfall. When Tigger does pin him, there's a bit of a pop, and then it's kind of diminished by the fact that the reverie thing do a quick take out, and then there's even then there's a pop. I could have rolled a fag whilst the Undertaker was making his entrance. Yes. I could have smoked a fucking cigarette whilst watching his entrance. Yes, new leather-bound uh, Undertaker. Yes, leather-bound boredom. Yeah. So then basically. Look at the Oh, look at that! Look of look at intensity. No fear on the on the execution. Big mm. close up, big Tigger's face. He's like, oh, he looks okay. absolutely clueless. Way unknown. From place, place unknown. Reason unknown. Why am I watching this match? Unknown. 
No. When's it going to fucking end? Unknown. How long did this match go, does it say? Uh, I'm trying to remember if I even nodded it down. I don't think it did. Let me just check this I'm filling time so there's no dead air. Please yes. talk, talk, say something shit about this match. Well, I will say something shit about this match. Why? Um, apart from the fact, like, it was a major fucking clusterfuck of a match. Oh, here you go, 11 minutes, 32 seconds. Why? I don't know. It went 11 minutes too long. Went, yes, a, a short 32 second would have been good, because the only reason, the only reason why it long did because man can go involved, because on his own, it clearly meant, even though he's meant to be an enforcer or gun for hire for, for Paul Bear, Taker could have wiped the floor with the executioner. And, like, the only good point of this match was when they went up to the house then and started going through the window and smashing Mankind through the doors. Like, literally <sighs> tearing the house down. And not in the fun sense where they make they have a good match. They I literally, swear to God literally I, tore the set apart. I swear to God, I barely remember that, that, that part of the match. I was so... What, what a weird house they were, because as soon as you go through the doors, a massive ladder inconveniently placed. Like, who has a house like that? I swear to Christ, during watching that match, I had the superpower of apathy. There was a moment where... <sighs> They go backstage while well, Mankey's randomly been maced and put in a street jacket by a group of runs to Cougars. Why? I don't know. Like, There's nothing wrong with him interfering. It's meant to be no disqualification. Uh, it's meant to be no DQ and they like, bring out a whole bunch of fucking faggy security and gorilla monsoon <laughs> to mace him and put him in a street jacket because it's no disqualification but you can't get involved. And then it shows like, them fighting up the stairs the, and, and Taker and... and uh, if you I, th- I think Paul Bearer said it best at one point whilst he was getting put in the street jacket. We were, What's going on? Like the guy at the bottom of the stairs, the cameraman's looking up, and then the door opens, they go to the outside, and a bunch of young fans, particularly, all run out the door to see what's happening, because they want to see what happened in the match. The guy's doing the camera. They don't cut to a new camera who's up there, or the guy doesn't move up the stairs. No. The guy just stands there, just filming people wandering in the door before it all cuts back to. Man came with his jacket, and then all of a sudden you cut back to. And suddenly. <sighs> It's of rolling in a wee hill and I've seen the water. that, but into the water, which is about as deep as his kneecaps. And then Taylor just comes back, starts having a fight with Mankind while Mankind's still in the street. Execution. I swear to God, see when he went, see the bit when the executioner yeah. went rolling in the fucking, the bit of the building into the knee deep water. Mm-hmm. I was watching it, I was like, where's the Undertaker? Did the Undertaker push him or did he just roll? I'd never seen the Undertaker fucking push him. But basically comes out. The nigga quickly puts him off for the tombstone. Water's coming at the guy's bit, so it wasn't pre tape. There was water pouring onto the mat. And they said to prep match, there's wee damp patches. Ah, I've seen, I've seen. Hits the tombstone. Again, like I said, the fans pop wee bit, then like, oh no, you need to do a 10 count. Then there's a 10 count, then there's a slightly diminished pop afterwards. Tries to beat up Paul Bear at one point, Bear gets away. It was just. Oh, it was just a. It was the worst part of the pay per view. It should just be a quick one and done. Squash the executioner. Done. Done. Name it executioner. Done. Aye. Uh, but it was a drawn out eleven minute pile of cack. And it didn't help that Terry Gordy again is on his last leg in terms of his career. And he wasn't he good when he was at his peak. No, he yeah. was shite. Terry Gordy. Aye. Well, I think we had two of the three like bloody freebirds. One of them in a shit <laughs> match, and one of them doing interviews. Aye. Well, it was that Michael Hayes. Aye, Doc Hendricks. Aye. And Michael the- P.S. Hayes. Do you know what the PS stood for? Purely sexy. Ah, I know, purely sexy. Wasn't he purely sexy? No, even when he was young, purely shite. Should have been US, utter shite. And then we get Sid versus Brett. Well, so we get the Brett. Oh, we're on the main event? Aye, finally. Thank Christ. (laughs) A long winding road. A long winding road to get to maybe a four star match. 
Three and a half. Three and a half, maybe. Three yeah. and a half, four at a push. Well, like, Brett's doing his interview and everything. Four, four star for every the build that it presents, but three and a half for the match. Yeah, like, watching Brett, he's probably on there, I'll say Sean's music playing now, and he's like, well, this is the damn thing I'm talking about. Sick of Sean Michaels, why is he getting there? Rob Michaels. Well, I was talking in. about him. When I'm doing my interview, they're playing his music every time, and he just storms Sean, off. Sean, Sean walks up to Vince. When Sean Michaels is not on screen, everyone should be asking, Where's Sean Michaels? Yeah. What is Sean Michaels up to? But tell, I know, I know, I know it's not your thing. You got it, mate. He's looking good. He's looking cool. Sean, on commentary, does not shut the fuck up, does he? He's everything he says is gravy. Though it's awesome. He's like, oh, one minute he's complaining about how it's wrestling. Like, oh, do we all have to be boring? Can we not be ourselves? Do we all have to be like Bret Hart? You know my favorite bit, which is obviously a bit of realism. See when Brett was mithing off as he was getting in, he's like, hey, do your talking walking, chump. You know? That Brett Hart, he's a zero, my hero. Yeah, <laughs> he's a zero, my hero. He's like, he's saying, like, Listen, I don't have a problem with Sid as a wrestler, but what he did to Jose Othero, that's too far. And, like, and, he, and Daryl all like, well, maybe he shouldn't have had Jose Othero. He goes, oh, excuse me for, you know, us guys of today, give back to the guys of tomorrow. Like, when I know the fact that... He Sean, was actually a wee bit derogatory of oh, Jose. Oh, he treated Jose apparently like shit. Aye, so you've got a way to talk, you druggy bastard. You, you are doing an Ace Ventura and talking out of your arse, Aye. sir. Because I don't think you were very nice to Jose. It's weird because also, he, the other thing, they talk about the fact that he almost gave Jose a heart attack just by attacking him. And like that was the whole thing. That was maybe making him a bad day. It's hard to, really when people still cheered him for better and Jose and Sean. Then he comes in here and they're still talking about this horrible thing he did and when Sean fights him in, in San Antonio his hometown he's going to be presented as the heel again but here Sid could not look more baby faced if they fucking tried. Did you he, not see when he was coming like his music mm-hmm. came on and people cheered me and he did for fucking Brett anyway. Fucking fist he came bumping out everybody's fist bumping he's doing the thing like, I love it he goes who's the man? And like the fact that a couple of weeks ago we saw Brett fight a big man but that was against Razor where he was playing the underwear baby face but now He's beating up, and we're feeling sympathy for the big guy that he's beating up because, like, he picks it up. He's ramming on his back into the. He's ramming his back into both. Say, see some of like the early, the early altercation in the yeah. match. Some of the stamps Brett were doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I know he says he's really good at making it look legit, but mm-hmm. some of them look legit. Like, you know, because he was really wailing on Sid early on. I how, how wrong Daryl was immediately proved because oh, he's not gonna be able to get him up. He's going to be with a big snap suplex, immediately gets him over, no problem at all. Totally, totally. And yeah, a lot of it is Brett bringing Sid down the mat, working over the back. Working Sid, the back, working the shoulder. Sid tries, starts like elbowing him, trying to get up, and as soon as he gets an update, Brett immediately grabs him, rushing the legs back to the mat. Totally, yeah. totally. Brett, is really, Brett was really. And you know how I feel about praising yeah. the man, but when it's due, it's due. He was really crisp, really technical. Especially in the early going in that match, he was really like. Yeah, there was. I think they were like, you know? like we said, they do the same thing with Diesel. Like you're a big guy, you're you're decent for a big guy, but you're sometimes your matches can be. You all your matches depend on who you're in with. So I'll put you in with Sean, yeah, put you in with yeah. Brett, and that'll be will produce a good match. The you, thing is, I I have to question said yeah. on like a, a shoot interview I seen of his <laughs> where he says that. Uh, uh, when it came to wrestling, yeah. set, uh, Brett and yeah. Sean, yeah. Sean made you look go- like good as he could, yeah. and Brett only cared about Brett. Yeah. Brett, I thought Sid looked really good in this match. I think it's a case of just like how their experiences were, because like, there are some people who didn't like working with Sean, some people who like, loved working with Brett. Like, 
like Sean kind of tries to sandbag, like he kind of lands on his arse when Diesel powerbombs at Mania, and Diesel said in his interview, like, yeah, I knew he was trying to basically make him still look better than me, but like, I didn't give a fuck, I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah, like, there were some people that Sean, yeah, like, some people that gelled with Sean, yeah. as it were, and I think said gelled better with Sean. Oh yeah, I think it's just, it's just, it just goes to bend on like, how they are outside the ring, and like, Sean and Diesel, Sean and sorry, Sid probably got along better than Sean and Brett did. Well, I think so, like, a drugged up narcissist and a stabby man. <laughs> man. Is that about the size of it? About, yeah. 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 But Sid does mind, finally starts coming out, does a big choke slam. He goes for a leg drop, he misses, and GR immediately goes, I never liked that move. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about the leg drop and everything. And there's a point where Brett comes out outside, he just shoots his shot, Get up, give me your chair. And Brett's like, oh, all right, take the chair. And then uh, Sid gets involved, sitting knocks down Brett, and he wants to get the chair from Sean. I just palm faces Sean just pushes him down and then Sean gets annoyed he gets up on the apron and I love how Brett seems like he could have Sid and then gets thrown into Sean which knocks Sean off the apron and then helps set up Brett up for the finish so obviously it's it's Brett that gets screwed here but as soon as Sean gets knocked off all you hear from from, from Mr. Man oh my god Sean Sean's hurt <laughs> like no forget everything else Sean nothing can happen to my precious Sean <laughs> Oh no, do you want Vince, Vince McMahon to kiss it better for you? <laughs> anyway, and then that sets up for the power bomb. Sid immediately into the cover. One, two, three, and they, they do give Sid praise like JR does, especially. You know, oh, Sid, in a short period of time, he's beaten both Bret Hart and Joe Michaels. This went 17 minutes and 4 seconds. I don't. I... I don't believe... I mean, it could have been a couple of minutes shorter, but I don't believe overall it was too long. It was... It was one of the, it was one of the only matches, if not the only match, it really felt like it deserved the time ago. I didn't oh, feel yeah, like it dragged yeah. at any point. I mean, Sid was at his best in this match. Brett was at his mm-hmm. usual clinical best. Sean played his part very well. Mm-hmm. You know, and... We talk about certain but Like, certain parts during this match as well, it showed Brett's early heel side... Uh, when he went and took the, tur- the padding off the turnbuckle. Oh yeah, I forgot about. It. Oh yeah, the the box. This is the box I was talking about. Yeah, do tell, do tell. Like, so the the turnbuckle pad's been ripped off, right? And there's a point where like was it? I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Was this the part? Was this the first time that we tried to do the whole like Brett's going to put Sid into yeah. it, but Sid's, Sid's going to yeah, duck yeah, down it's, it's and like, Brett sort of fell on his ass. Yeah, I think it's like Sid just Google like the snake eyes into the turnbuckle, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Sid, Brett's going to slide out, push him, and then Sid. What uses the momentum turns Brett around and sends Brett into it. But Brett, I think they kind of missed out because Brett stumbles and goes into one of the bottom ones. Yeah, I was going to say, was it Brett's mistake? I, I don't know. I think maybe. A little bit on each side. I think it was Brett a bit on each because, like, yeah, so it was made to turn him around. I think they kind of, one of them slipped and it causes Brett going. Yeah. And you yeah. can tell there's a fuck up because immediately they go for it exactly again where Sid gets him right back in that same position. The same sequence of events. This time Brett doesn't fall, he just goes straight into the yeah, top yeah, turn yeah. exit. Yeah, do you know, I wasn't sure I thought that was a botch at that point, but I wasn't sure. I think it's the how quickly they redo it, yeah, sh- it showcase it, it draws more attention to it. Yeah, I think so, but also, like, considering the calibre of wrestling the world, we still managed to make it look okay. Yeah, 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 you know, you can get what they were going for. Yeah, totally, but um, we get to the culmination of the match, like, obviously there's been a little tension yeah. between Sean and both of the yeah. guys in the match. We get the point where uh, Sid and Brett go to the outside, yeah. and obviously we go to the outside near the commentary table. Yeah, and uh, like Sid's down, and Brett goes over 
and he looks at Sean and goes, I would say, move. And mm-hmm. Brett's like, nah, fucking, you want the chair? Do you take the chair? It's your match, buddy. Mm-hmm. You go, and I'm not getting involved. And like, and then Brett picks up the chair and is like, Where, where's your role model? You know, <laughs> and he takes the chair, but obviously Sid gets the upper hand before he gets to use it. And Brett's on the on the deck, and Sid, tur- Sid turns to Sean. <laughs> and he's looking like, and he's like, pointing and saying, do you fucking give him that chair? And he's like, nah, he just took it. And then Sid's like, nah, you cunt. And he grabs him by the face and shoves him back into the guardrail. And then uh, Brett and Sid get back into the ring. They go for an I think, uh, is it Brett that goes for the Irish whip? Yeah. And it has it reversed yeah. on him. Yeah, so Brett goes for the whip, has it reversed, but as he's coming back round, Sean's got up on the apron to get all fucking up in Sid's face. Brett comes whipping, Mm -hmm. and it looks like the connect pretty solid because if you look at Brett in the in the the aftermath, Mm -hmm. he's got a bust nose, he's bleeding, but also Sean when he went came flying off the apron, you can. Tell me what your thought is on this, but I think he legit smacked his dome on the on the stick out bit of the chair. Yeah, it looked like he took a hit because he went down. He was like all 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 to break his fall with a chair or potentially fucking concrete. For yeah, him. so it was like concrete or smack your face off the chair. So he yeah. took the chair, but uh, obviously, like Brett goes back, obviously yeah. a little stunned from connecting with Sean, scooped up into the power bomb, boom, one, two, three, and still you're. World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion of the World, who's a man, said, <laughs> suddenly he's dominant, said. And then also you got the, the, the fifty cuffs between Brett and Sean. Like Brett basically pulls Sean and he's fucking. Yeah, that, body that's shot. the thing, like I was going to mention yeah. right at the offset, it looked so legit. Aye. Because the two of them kind of stand up and they're facing mm. off. And they're kind of like looking at each other, and then Brett just starts fucking wailing on him. Mm. Like, legit, he looked like he was, like... You know what the kind of club Sid did during yeah. the match? He looked like he was legit clubbing him. And then grabbed his shirt off him, like you say, that his shirt was him, he's fucking hitting him. Yeah. And then left him sitting, and then fucking... Sean looks... Like... Severely fucking PO'd. Yeah. Because, if I remember, like... Brett beats the fuck out of him. Walks off. Sean gets up. Mm-hmm. And he's looking a bit, and then the fucking fans are saying something to me. Legit faces off, and, and he's, he's getting right up in the he's getting right up in the fans' face, and he's like, "I fucking, uh, I come ahead." And the, the guy's going like fucking. Uh, Joe, Joe wouldn't be able to be complete without some more tags. He's he grabs the head, saying he's speaking into it. You can't hear a fucking word he's saying. Vince right, goes to offer him his own one. Then he start he start hearing, but basically he's, he's basically going, "Now you and me, I'm going to kick your teeth down your fucking throat. You're I, a I punk." I basically said, "I'm going to get to the rumble. I'm hurt, man. When I get the chance, I'm kicking your teeth down your yeah, throat. Like, I'm going to take your teeth down your goddamn throat, punk." Yeah, he's like Latoya. By this point, I think legitimately Latoya despise each other. This, at this, is, point. this is where the tension's really starting to go. And then when Sean backs out of the match at me at thirteen, that's, that's when, when it that's when Brett's that's when Brett's opinion of Sean really takes a dive. Right. But no, do you know I think like and do you know this might be a controversial viewpoint here. Right. I don't know, because I think that the end portion of that match, I think that was a hundred percent. I think that was legit. I think mm. that was reality. Yeah. Whatever led to that. Uh-huh. Maybe if Brett hadn't fucking done that, maybe Sean wouldn't have pulled out of the match. 
if you're looking for somebody, look, Brett is always stating, and yeah. you know, I'm still in this minority group. I don't believe there's legit mm-hmm. coolness between the two of them. I think it's for I think <laughs> it's for sure. I don't think they like each other, really. They might say they like each other, but I don't think they like each other. Brett will say he's cool with people, but if he needs to hear people talk about why he needs to get doing an interview and wants it to be interesting, he'll immediately turn and shit on somebody. No, because he's a bitch. Because like, he'll say in his book or shortly after it happened that, oh, I don't hold anything against Goldberg, it was an accident. Years later, oh, that Goldberg, he never should have been broken in this business, he's so reckless. Mm. But no, maybe if Brett hadn't decided to fucking throw horns at Sean, maybe Sean would have been in that title match. Maybe Sean wouldn't have lost his smile. Maybe Sean should have remembered where he put it. It's always in the last place you look at those bloody smiles. Maybe Brett Hart shouldn't have been a bitch. Who knows? There's, maybe, there's a lot of maybes here, but Paul. There's a lot of maybes, but I think Brett Hart is the one in the wrong. But overall, are you? Is it, were you going to ask my overall rating of this pay-per-view? Yeah, I'm very interested. Uh, my overall rating of this pay-per-view and a lot of it is based on the main event and some of the build that is hinted upon that will come at a later date if we're going on a star rating <laughs> I would give it possibly two and a half two and a half stars but we do thumbs here Paul where's the thumbs one mm. I know you're trying to dance around this because you know you like the main event and things like that I did I, I will give it a a tentative one hmm? tentative one because like I say for the main event and for the amount of build and storyline that will come from it I can give it one but I'm not giving it a like yeah. a mm, hell yeah. yeah you know I'm giving I, it a I'm giving it a thumbs up a simple thumbs up for effort I am even though there's stuff I, I like about it yeah I was I am so close to a down. Are you so close to a down? So, I'm tended to middling do, to down middling to down like because they're like because so the thing that I did like it feel too harsh to just to overall call it out. It depends on yeah. how much things you like about it, but you can help elevate it over the things you hated about it. Yeah, yeah, and it was just too much negative for you. Yeah, yeah. Like that Undertaker match especially. Oh, yeah, that was awful. I mean, I, I I wasn't a fan of the idea of like the imposter Razor and Diesel getting a fucking tag team title. No, shot that seemed, well. that did seem a little silly to me. But like I say, like the only reason I give it the thumbs up, and as I say, it's a tentative thumbs up is because of A, the main event, and B, the amount of, you know, the amount of seeds that were sown and build and storyline that will eventually come mm-hmm. from it. That much I can... Razor and Diesel v Owen and Bulldog would be slightly underwhelming if it was a main event of a 96 Raw. As a match on fucking pay-per-view, it, it had no place yeah. there. I, I totally get where you're coming from. Like, I, I get the... I get the overall negatives of the show. Yeah. But in the same respect, you must understand why I give it its tentative thumbs up because I respect, like like I say, the main event and the stories that it will build from. I, I get what you're saying. I think, I think there are a few shows that will do it a little better, I think. Yeah. But, what, but a lot of good will come from it. It definitely will, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, what, has there ever been a time, like, usually when we differ fairly on like one being a down, one up, it's usually me that's up, but... Do you remember the last time we were ever so I was so close to down and you were up on it? God, it's been a while. And I say, I up, thought, on, I I say think... up on it, I say tentatively up on it. Maybe. Yeah, but I, I, I can't off the top of my head this because is it's up. been quite a while. It's not, I'm not used to being on this side of things, mm. you know? When was the last time we were so in-depth on a second, a secondary mid-90s pay-per-view? 
That's <laughs> uh, you know. We barely tried. We barely tried to avoid talking. I mean, we hated Buried Alive. Oh, we did. We did. So I don't think we shed on it nearly as much as Buried Alive. No, I think I think we're a lot more analytical of this one. Though. If I was to rank all of the ones we've done so far, and I wouldn't have the time to properly, <laughs> I wouldn't have properly ranked them now. I would say that I have at least two in your houses that are lower than this one, which is Buried Alive and Great White North. The one time where Bulldog fought Diesel in the main event. Oh, right, yeah. That's, yeah. St- that's still the, the standard for as low as a pay-per-view can be for me. So are you going to be terribly upset if we go forward and there's one lower than Great White North? It's, it's the news that the standards are set unbelievably low. If there's any pay-per-view that can set it any lower, it deserves to go underneath. Uh, I'll tell you one I'm looking forward to when we get to it. Mm-hmm. Ground Zero. Yeah, I think that's the first time they put the subtitle before in the In Your House. That is indeed. And also, it's the end of any year in terms of like, oh, there's these nice hour, under two hour pay-per-views. Nope, now they're like every other pay-per-view, three hours and so long. That- but but if I remember rightly, and I I don't think I have rose-tinted glasses in this one, Ground Zero is a pretty solid pay-per-view, I like it. We are a ways away from that, obviously. Uh, between now and the next In Your House, I don't know when we'll do it, which will be In Your House Final Four, which will be an interesting one to, oh, to talk about. Oh, that's a good one, yeah, mm-hmm. I think. But between <laughs> now and then, the next thing we do uh, from the vault, which will either be end of May, maybe sometime, uh, we'll do from the vault that I've been wanting to do, but I thought it'd be nice to do it between this time and Final Four, we're going to do Royal Rumble 1997 Hell yeah. I'm going to do quite a bit of research into this whole Triple A relationship because that's something I want to talk about. I want to talk about Jesse James. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Why, why do you want to talk? Because I, I, loved, I loved these interviews. <laughs> I used to have a lot in my Spotify. <laughs> okay. Uh, but between now and whenever we do uh, um, we do Rumble 97, we're going to have stuff about, we're going to do Going back to some more Frasier. Didn't didn't he sing that? Oh yeah, he sung that. He yeah. was the one who sung that. And then over Jeff Jarrett started doing his like tour in like twenty eighteen or so when he got done all the make appearance and they fed him a second with my beer tonight. And whenever somebody went, Hey, what do you expect from me? I never sang this. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is I accurate. Can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. It's a low key banger that song. It really it? is. It's solid that one. We should we should end the show with that one oh, just yeah. for fun. Aye, <laughs> yeah, something positive to end this fucking Aye. thing. But between, I say next two weeks we're gonna have Fraser next week. Uh, I'm sure after that, uh, we might be Fraser, might be Impact, depending on what happens. So Fraser on Impact, Impact, and then potentially Fraser or vice versa. And then towards the end of Rumble Rumble Seven, we've got other stuff planned. Eventually, we're gonna do uh, an Eclipse Escapade next month or so about. Next one will probably be Bugsley. We've got one up already. Yes! We've got one up already about Toy Story 2, which was a lot of fun to record. <laughs> it is a two movie, but it's not a Bugs Life 2. And what? What? Action! Ah! <laughs> I'm happy about it also. <laughs> uh, and uh, we've we kind of made a wee schedule for like the first last couple of months that we're coming to the end of it, so we're going to have to put together a new schedule, some new stuff to to talk about mm-hmm. in the coming months, but I think we've got some good stuff uh, we do. coming up. We've always got good stuff, Scott. We are we are a primo podcast. <laughs> we bloody are. We are, we might not be as big as the other ones, but goddamn, we put out some good shit, man. Yeah. We do, and we we are the one thing that I hope a lot of podcasts are. We are goddamn passionate about the shit we talk about. See, I look at, and I've said it before, but 2018, some of 2019, start of 2018, I look at it like, 
I, I, all of the stuff I talked about, other than the Phaedra stuff, I talked about a lot about this stuff. I talked about a lot of stuff because I felt like I had to. But like since like late 2019 onwards, or maybe the midpoint of 2019, from then onwards, the show's been much better because I stopped talking about current stuff that I felt like we should talk about because we were wrestling fans. I thought, like, probably even watch that current wrestler. Let's just talk about stuff we want to talk about. Yeah. I mean, I, I've started branching out. I mean, I've, I've watched Impact. I'm starting to occasionally watch WWE and again. And Impact has been a good thing for us. Hell for yeah, thing. hell yeah. Because Impact, and I mean, I'm not, I know probably other podcasts or other YouTube pages <laughs> talk about Impact. I know they do because I occasionally find them. I think you know? most places will only really talk about Impact when a big thing kind of happens. I think. Yeah, I really hate it though. Like, I mean, we talk, I know we're at the end of our pay per view now, so we can <laughs> kind of hit this stuff. But, um,. I really hate like uh, like I sometimes watch Cultaholic or What yeah. Culture, but always going on so much about AEW, WWE, and whenever a guy or a, a fucking woman is leaving WWE, like oh, are we going to AEW? Like Impact for a lot of these fuckers is not even an afterthought. You know, and some people give it. Some people say like it depends on the person. I really leaving. think it's disrespectful to the fucking company as a whole because I mean, if you look at Impact Wrestling, right? Yeah, maybe it doesn't have the fucking grandest production or the biggest fans, but you know what? The talent is unfucking questionable mm-hmm. in Impact. You look at some of the matches in Impact, you'd be hard pressed to find matches of that quality in the dub or AEW. Impact has got a quality fucking class of fucking roster mm. and it, it deserves a lot more respect than it gets and that's why that's why we have podcasts like yours hell <laughs> yes man fist bump on that one <laughs> fucking impact <laughs> wrestling yeah but before we get into the weeds of impact wrestling then we, we definitely don't need it at this late stage hell no <laughs> thank you for listening to the show thank hope, you indeed hope, hope you check out the shows that we talked about that are coming we check out the shows we mentioned for our previous in the houses versus virus series 96 review uh, we did a couple of years ago. If we ever get merchandise, you'll be the first people to hear about it. <laughs> we we'll have stickers. Stickers. <laughs> <laughs> our past failure stuff, our past like, escapades and retrospectives that we've done in the past, all, all going on your podcast. Like, we'll be Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean. You can also find our podcast from our King of the Ring 93 review onwards on the Rogue Pines feed as well. Hell same yeah. Plugins, on the same podcast site, you can find our feed. You can find us on Twitter at SPRAL and get Rogue Pains at Rogue underscore Pains. Get me at Scumfly1996. Like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Rambling Podcast. Uh, I've done some good stuff on Rogue Pains as well. I, Hell yeah. Uh, maybe Shout out Rogue Opinions. Maybe by the time this is out, it'll come out. Uh, we're on 500 plus pods at this stage on Rogue Pains. Wow. In, in only two years. That's because there's too many people and doing far, far too much free rain, I'll say. <laughs> We've done some good stuff. Uh, recently, me and Sam Bretton did a review, a two and a bit hour review of Judgment Day 2000, which wow. was a lot of fun to, to that review. Been, that would have been fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'd never seen the Iron Man match between Rock and Triple H before then. I had a lot of fun discussing it. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one either. That would be one for watching back. So, uh, check that out if you've got the time and amongst many other stuff going was that, on there. Was that anything like the original Iron Man? Was it one fall in it? Or no, was no, there are multiple falls. Multiple I think, falls. I think that's what they did to set apart where they had multiple falls, especially given that a 2000 crew may have a short tension span, so you keep them popping, like pop for a rope, or boo for Triple H. Yeah. When, or like when Triple H goes up, oh boo, like rally behind the rock. So I think that's why that's what they thought. Like, like how do we set ourselves apart from last one? 
Well, the last one only had one fall, and that was an overtime. I'd be, so how about we take away overtime I'd, and have many falls? I'd be terribly out of place, because I wouldn't be cheering for The Rock. <laughs> yeah, I'm so bit like, but in 2000, The Rock's, for a lot of people, he's the guy. Triple H was a guy. but He was a guy. He was Lee guy. On the heel side, yes. So I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything bad about Triple H, I'm just saying people bought for The Rock, they booed Triple H because he was a bad I like the baddies. I know you do, but I'm talking about people. I know, I know. Before, Are you saying I'm not people? No. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, goodbye everyone. See ya.